0: It's time, finally, the show for you. A -a once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. And hello, everyone who's been on this entertainment journey to this point, and all of those who are listening for the first time. Spencer Stoner. Hola. You should have adjusted that microphone before you got on here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rob Nault behind the big board. Hello, hello, hello. And I, your not humble host of all things pop culture, Gaboon, Jimmy Jones, are here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment, whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday. The best informed person you know as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, concert events, toys and collectibles, and games, the Bob boom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. Yes, it is. This week, Tony Sanfilippo of uh, Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the movies set to release this coming week. And we have great guests for you this week. We'll be talking with Ringo Award-winning artist, comic book creator, and owner of Horatora Studios, Christy Shin. Horatora Studios has a new Kickstarter for Christy Shin's creation No FCC violations here, called Demon Bitch, featuring not only one, but two books. And uh, you can get, and surprisingly, one of them is a children's book (laughs) (laughs) under that title, which is interesting. Uh, We'll also be talking with Christy Shin about the uh, Demon Bitch Kickstarter, which you can be a part of, and where you can meet Christy Shin and about the upcoming future projects at Horror Tour Studios. We'll also be talking with our special guests, Lawrence and Diego oh boy hold on Ariarte Ariarte and uh, the deep fried universe is growing and after a record breaking showing at the San Diego Comic Con this year with both the film Lumpia with a Vengeance and the Lumpia with a Vengeance comic book we'll be talking with Lawrence and Diego about what is next maybe a third Lumpia movie maybe even an animated series so we'll find out when we talk to them all this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment why is my There we go. And uh, your favorite fandoms and everything discussed on the show, to add your voice, simply call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Boom radio show. You guys okay? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, not not really much we can add to that. I mean, no. you, you put it pretty succinctly. You you, you kind of have like that monologue thing mono going. Ologo, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of mono
2: meaning one. Oh, Eric, uh,
0: <laughs> Eric and Lytier in Linear and Whittier, California, Linear California, because it's a straight line. uh Six says hi, and I said hey, hey, hey. Okay, <laughs> go back to. I hi what's hi, hi yeah. Well, usually people do a hey 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 like <laughs> Fat Albert. <laughs> hey and, hey hey. Yeah, but mm-hmm. no, I, I go back. I'm old school. I go with um. <laughs> what's happening? exactly. <laughs> Raj and uh, yep. Dwayne. Hi oh, hi I hi. Loved what's happening. Yeah, me too. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so you are always welcome to send us an e- an email with your questions or comments about anything discussed on the show. That is, if you don't feel like calling or. Uh, If you're too shy for the phones and don't feel like sending a message through the Facebook Messenger like Eric does in Whittier, California. And when you do, uh, email us. Send it to popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line, very important, question, comment, concern, or my fandom. Then in the body of the email, please add your name and city, state, or country that you live in. I will not read email addresses on the air. And I want to know who the email is coming from. You don't have to put your full name, just your first name. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email, or if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be. And uh, Tim from Reno, Nevada. Uh, How could you not like a remake of Highlander? It's going to have Henry Cavill in it as Connor McLeod.
1: Oh, I, I've heard that the lead change so many times, I don't even know who to believe's going to be in it anymore. I haven't heard that. <clears throat> well, it's like I've heard Jason Momoa is attached, I've heard Henry Cavill, I've heard Ryan Reynolds. Right. I haven't heard any of those <laughs> me except me neither. for Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I've, well, uh, uh, you know, I'm just talking, like, unofficial, you know. Oh.
0: Well, officially, it's just Henry Cavill. But uh, the reason why, uh, A, it's a remake, reboot, however you want to phrase yeah, he's it. He's not a fan of yeah. reboots he, and yeah, remakes. he's not. Yeah, I'm not. And I'm interested a, to see it. I like Henry Cavill. And it kind of, you guys have seen Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He is six feet tall. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The original one, the whole cool aspect of it with a uh, um was that he was massively towering over, um, Clara well, McLeod?
1: Or, do we do mm-hmm. we know who's playing Kurgan in this? No, we don't.
3: But well, then, there's a yeah. the thing called force perspective.
1: Well, and even then, <laughs> and you even know, six feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that six feet is not exactly. You know, you and I are around six feet. No, I mean, I'm
0: five ten. So, yeah, but, but well, you
1: yeah, know, still pretty close.
0: But still, and, I would and, not be playing and, Kurgan because I'd be shorter than him.
1: Well, yeah, I know. And so, you know, that even puts, with that the puts Gene
0: Simmons him. boots on, I yeah, but that be. only
1: puts Henry Cavill like about here to us. Yes.
0: Still, uh, the most iconic scene in my mind from the original Highlander movie was when they're in the church. Craigans in there, and uh, Colin McLeod <laughs> grabs him, and he stands up, and he's towering over him,
4: mm-hmm. and he's
0: just such a menacing. Uh, Clancy Brown was such a menace because Clancy Brown was six foot two.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Christopher Lombard is five foot nine.
3: Okay, so that's only two inches taller than Henry Gallo. Uh, no, it's
0: not. Uh, well, yeah. But... <laughs> so... <laughs> But still, who? Yeah, but he's not playing and He's playing Connor McLeod. Oh yeah, but you that's know that's the you, difference. You, you get somebody
1: so Momoa's size. You got six foot five. There you go.
0: Well, no, or the Undertaker, who's six foot eight. So you have to yeah. have somebody like six foot eight play play Craigan, or Craig. In. So, it, it,
4: well, we, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, the hard part. No, the hard part. Would,
1: the hard part would be getting somebody with the
0: menacing presence of Clancy freaking Brown. I know. See, that that's another thing. So you have to find the height, the menace of him. And That's so, what
1: casting directors are for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because
1: I don't know. My only big thing is I know they're not going to have a Queen soundtrack, so it's not going to be as awesome.
0: That's true. And they'll have Coldplay.
4: <laughs> One
0: oh. <laughs> <When> Republic. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, so, no, I just don't like reboots in general or yeah. remakes in general because they usually... these are remake haters. Well, <laughs> it's not that I'm a hater. It's just that everybody wants to, you know... Wants to try and reinvent the wheel. Uh-huh. And some movies...
3: Yeah, but cash in don't...
1: on a recognized name well, while here's doing the thing, it.
3: though. Sometimes they're actually good because, you know, depending on when that original movie was, we might have way better technology to tell that story better. Yeah, true. So.
0: <laughs> but, uh... Oof. Remember but... Eric says Breaking Benjamin to do the soundtrack? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Breaking Benjamin doing Who Wants to Live Forever? <laughs> No. (laughs) I'm just going to not even, I can't even make a joke. Just no. (laughs) Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, So, yeah, that's going to be a, that's my biggest misgiving about it, Um, plain and simple, Tim. I I just don't like remakes or reboots because I don't like, usually people put a bizarre and dumb, and and I sent you guys the article. uh, J.J. Abrams is going, looking at remaking crawl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I
3: saw that. Or I
1: saw that before you had sent me
3: the article, and I was like, ugh.
0: Yeah, and
1: and that's where a case where, you know, the, the added you know technology might be uh-huh. great, but the problem is it's J.J. J. Abrams. He has kind yeah. of the reverse Midas touch that's, lately.
3: Yeah, I'm not a big, yeah, uh, yeah, no. J. J., I like J.J. J. Abrams, it, so, you know, it's certain things, but I'm just not, I'm not seeing him, like, directing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I loved Kroll. I love the it's original. It's not a superhero Krull. movie. I don't yeah. see it like, <laughs> and well, I and I don't see Kroll as being a superhero movie. You
1: know? Yeah, like. and Crawl <laughs> was actually like one of Liam Neeson's first movies too. Mm-hmm. He was in that. Yeah, he's one of the. He's just one of the. He's one of the. Men, he's one of the, the. The princes merry men as they're going around on mm-hmm. the adventure. He's the one that has like multiple wives. See,
0: I saw that movie once, like. 40 years ago when it first came oh, out I, I love that all movie. i remember is the it bad cyclops movie. um makeup job with the and yeah. uh, him getting crushed by a door yeah that, so that that's that <laughs> that's the only things i remember yeah that <laughs> stuck
1: with me almost as much as our tax dying and never-ending story when i was a kid really you were sad
0: about it yeah i like oh, the cyclops God. guy so did i but still that was just it just was not a good uh no he had the coolest weapon though what was it that weird like spear thing or you mean the the, the, the frisbee with yeah com- like the, oh, yeah, yeah the, the glaive <laughs> yeah you just, just threw it and it was just the would... thing created by the guy from uh, jeepers creepers yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it what cool. it looked like yeah it's cool I, I mean when he held it up and the little things came out and yep. right into his arm right. I, just, ah! <laughs> I mean that could have been done a lot better uh. All right. Well, Eric says that uh, breaking Benjamin did do a cover version of uh, "Who Wants to Live Forever." Oh gosh, I'm gonna uh. have to go look, look that up now. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Eric, gonna... you have
1: single-handedly traumatized me now.
0: Oh no. Well, I'll, I'll let you know if it's any good. I like, or not. Bre- I I appreciate like breaking it. Benjamin. See, and music mm. is the same thing. You generally, unless they put it like an absolute original spin on a, on a song, uh, then I w- don't generally like re- um, cover songs, unless it's like, which is kind of wow. weird. Cause yeah, I I don't like them doing remakes of movies because they change too much. But I like when a band does a cover version of a song if they change it to match the band as opposed to well, the band trying to match the original. Well, song. Well,
1: why make it why make it sound like how, how it was done before? Because that's, they've done. I was going to yeah, say like, there's I don't I don't know I don't hear a lot of
3: remakes that are trying to be the same. Well, uh, so, especially from especially when they go like cross genre. You well, know what I mean? Uh,
0: Queen's uh crazy little thing called Love was done by Cheap Trick and it sounds exactly the same.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh Ninja Sex Party did an entire uh album of covers and they sound almost exactly like the originals.
0: Which is just pointless mm. to me, it's like mm-hmm. so has a lot of royalties. I like. I like. I like, I
3: like when other people
1: do covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do like this, Ninja Sex Party in general, though. They're they're a really fun band. Never really. heard of, it's one of them. One of the reasons why I like. Oh, you should check them out. There, they're check. pretty funny.
0: <laughs> who else? Uh, who's done? Probably the. I, I think Ministry did a really cool version of a uh, Bob Dylan's "Lay Lady Lay." Lay, Lay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have ever heard that? That was great. Hmm. So I think I have. Yeah. And uh, who else? Disturbed did a um, did a really cool. Uh, uh, did, yeah, uh, did a couple of mm-hmm. different cool ones. Yeah, they do
3: a lot of covers. Yeah. They have another band I like too that does them. They do a lot of acoustic covers. It's Smith and Myers. Yes. Hmm. It's um, the lead singer from um, uh, Shine Down, and um, somebody else, and I can't remember who. But uh, they do like acoustic covers, and like different pace too than the original song yeah. too. So it's like they, usually like slow songs are a little bit more upbeat. So yeah. it's like <laughs> it's kind of oh, weird. Oh, actually, there's That's this cool. there's
1: this great band called the M- Melodica Brothers that do. Um, really weird versions of, of like like they did a do host in a uh in a happy key oh, no. yeah so it's like it's like do host but way too happy is the title of the song wow and it's just like do
0: do host okay that's yeah. just gonna be too much like a lounge singer version
1: <clears throat> oh no but then they you know they have but they do that like david Hasselhoff different... singing it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, by the way, Sound of Silence by Disturbed. That yeah, was what well, I was That was their, yes, that, that was, was their good. big one. But yeah, they do yeah. actually a, like a lot of covers. Yeah,
0: that was a really good one. Anthrax really did a lot mm-hmm. of really cool covers, too. Anyway, uh, so if you want to send us an email, popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Uh, upcoming stuff, join Rob Spencer and I Saturday, October 14th at the Brewery Arts Center in Carson City for the Carson Creepy Short Horror Film Competition Screening and Award Ceremony. There will be a costume contest, so dress the part, a silent auction, and a raffle. Uh, plus, you will see short horror films from some of Northern Nevada's creative film minds. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and tickets are available at the door and at the Silver State Storytellers website, which is nvstorytellers.org. So, uh, yep, Eric agrees with you. Yeah, it's a good cover song, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, there are 348 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, Kaboom KaboomCon announced right here on on the pop culture kaboom radio show 97 and now productions will be putting on kaboom con saturday september 7th 2024 and it'll run from 10 a.m to 6 p.m there's so much that'll be happening at this one day convention it's crazy and more information will be released as we draw closer to the event tickets will be on sale soon and some of the proceeds from kaboom con will benefit cold nose rescue and sanctuary in mound house and knvc 95.1 fm community radio right here in carson city and he just sent me the link to the youtube for that who wants to live forever nice i will find out if it's actually the same song or they just took the title (laughs) from it we'll find out anyway so the phoenix question of the week In the world of pop culture, many songs from our favorite cartoons have entertained and brought flashbacks of our youth. The Phoenix Question of the Week. What are your top picks for cartoons with the most iconic theme song? And uh, we'll limit it to three. And Rob? Okay. we can shoot with me first. Um, I (laughs) I actually
3: have a couple that I like. When I was like, limit three, I'm like, okay, cool. I I think I can limit it to three. Um, Of course, Scooby-Doo. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, um, I mean, of the course of how many different shows did he have, and it was the same theme song, you know? Um, so that one is definitely um, iconic and it up is. there. And
1: yeah, this is one of those times where I would really wish we'd just play the themes because the cartoons had some really catchy themes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, 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 that was the uh, great thing about growing up with cartoons in our day is that all of them were pretty much. You yeah, got yeah, it right away. It's yeah. like, you, especially Scooby Doo is like that. Starting, <laughs> yep. you knew it was Scooby Doo coming yep, on. Yep, yep. You hear the bats
3: coming out. You, you know. scrambling with your <laughs> bowl of cereal to
0: the TV. Yeah, I remember those days.
3: Um, okay, so that was that number number one. Uh, number two is got to be uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't... I, well, I used to be Fred Flintstone for many, many, many years at the amusement park, so... I a, really? Yes. Huh. I have a very, like, you know whole bond with that character and, and, it's and very
0: very iconic and memorable and, and it is too. it
3: is i mean you know especially like everybody remembers you know them scrambling you know dino you know the, them getting the plate of uh food you know causing the car to tip over you know yeah, yeah the, 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 the big ribs, yeah. yeah you know <laughs> Um, and then number three has got to be Jabber Jaws. I know it's like weird, but it's <laughs> totally like, you know, tap jab jab, 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 You know, like it was just like, it was one of those songs that like as soon as you heard it. Because I had to tie it down between that and Hong Kong Phooey. Oh, so, oh, that's where yeah. I was going. Hong Kong phoo-y. That was a great until one. Until I went
1: oh, with... Jab jaw. okay, and Spencer? I played him a couple times too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I have a lot of trouble narrowing it down the three because I love cartoons. All, all, through, all through oh, everybody Corona. does. Oh, yeah, I know. But uh, I, you, think you, you, I think that's why there's. I
3: think that's why there's still that whole adult animation like category yeah. on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I never st- All of us. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've never stopped loving cartoons. Yeah, I mean, right. There I, you I, go. There you
1: go. That's yeah. a better statement. So <laughs> yeah. So so it was, but. Uh, I I I had to narrow it down to some of the most iconic. First one, Thundercats. <laughs> yes?
0: Hmm. I'm having a hard time remembering that one. Thunder. Thunder. Thunder.
1: Yeah, it just starts mm-hmm. with that. And the Thundercats. I oh, him getting his yeah. sword to go. Yeah, up, you know? yeah, that's the yeah. start.
0: It's kind of like his vo- vocal Viagra. Yeah, <laughs> thundercats, <laughs> are uh,
1: and He-Man. thundercats are <laughs> loose. Yeah, I-, I wanted to like He Man, but that that doesn't really catch me. No, it doesn't. Yeah, that's but- why I said it, it, in order for it to be iconic, it had to be catchy. Yeah. So, okay. And then, uh, and then my second one, the Marvel '90s cartoons were all great, but X the X Men theme mm-hmm. that one really caught me. Mm-hmm. and then speaking of the 90s i you know i was big into the fox kids shows and all that freakazoid Freak- i loved freakazoid. yeah super wonder... teen extraordinaire freakazoid. i don't remember that freakazoid one. yeah i don't know oh yeah remember, that, that, remember was, that, was a, that was that was that was that that came on right after animaniacs it only lasted two seasons mm. but that was my still hands down my best halloween costume ever i dressed as freakazoid and if you look up pictures of him, you'll uh, you'll see uh, how that could be very amusing is in he live purple? action. Is purple? Nope, he's blue. Okay. He wears long johns, white socks, long white gloves. He's blue. He has a domino mask, a black domino mask, and his hair, his hair is black, sticks straight up, and has white lightning bolts in it. Two light lightning bolts in it. Okay.
0: No wonder that went nowhere. Oh, oh it <laughs> was it was a great <laughs> show. I mean, it was funnier. I think thing. if he was
1: purple, it would have went farther. <laughs> No, but, uh, yeah, Freakazoid, I just have a soft... I, I, I own the two, the two seasons on DVD. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that was right. one of that, those. That's,
1: yeah, but Thund- th- All right, cool. Thunder, Thundercats and X-Men are, like, two of the most mm-hmm. most iconic of the era of okay. the 80s, 90s, I All think. All right.
0: Uh, so I'm going to venture into the realm where you guys did Transformers.
1: Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was one I wanted to put on the list, but I had to limit
0: it to three. So Transformers uh, <laughs> would be my number one. Okay. G.I. Joe <laughs> would be my number two. Yeah, because knowing is half the battle. Yep. Yeah. Greatest American hero, um, and, or real American hero. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, number three, I, I, you know, I wanted to say the Pink Panther. I really uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. Remember that one? Yes. That, that one's really, that. Re- yeah, so yeah, recognizable that, yeah. as well. Um, but uh, number three for me is going to be have to be uh, the Godzilla cartoon. <laughs> Up from the depths, thirty oh, stories high, <laughs> <Dreaming>. <laughs> something or other, I don't know how it goes, Godzilla. <laughs> And then it, and then they had to blow it by going and Godzuki and every time they got to that point of the song I let, let out this very audible groan like ah <laughs> why but uh, those are my three and then honorable mention the Hong Kong Fui, like you oh said. yeah like, Hong mm-hmm. Kong Fui was definitely an honorable mention because mm-hmm. that one was just iconic by Skatman. Yeah, Skeeters yeah yeah so uh, mm-hmm. you know he was he, he was great voice actor as well. Yeah. I think he actually did the voice of that one too. I believe so, yeah. So, but yeah, those are my 3. Um Eric's uh I see his little dots going. Oh, okay, so <laughs> I want to hear uh, his selection is mask? Oh, with the cars. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't remember that one. Tiny Tune Adventures. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh and of course Looney Tunes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Dun, 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 dun,
1: dun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that's actually Yeah, the, the, yeah, the
0: good choices all. I mean, yeah, see what you are missing, Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, just I mean, your I mean, instrumentals <laughs> that last for like, <laughs> well, yeah, twenty I mean, seconds. I, th- I think like the last really big cartoon thing I- theme I can think of is SpongeBob
0: yeah huh yeah
1: yeah because who lives on in a pineapple under
0: the sea oh, I, yeah. got, I got my own version of that song yeah. But anyway whoa <laughs> with that being said and the music coming up it is time for our first hard break when we get back we got more show for you all kinds of stuff we'll get into some news articles don't forget we'll be talking with Christy Shin later in Christy Shin later in the show I wanted to make sure I said her name right and Lawrence and Diego Ariarta Ariarte Ariarta hey And, uh, of course, Bobby World. Uh, I don't know what Bobby World is. I think he meant Barbie World. I don't know. Um, And also, uh, we'll be talking with Tony Sanfilippo about the movies. That's if he's still not upset about his his, uh, Broncos losing. But we'll be right back after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So the WGA strike is now officially 146 days in, and the SAG-AFTRA strike is 73 days in. After a few days of positive negotiations, it's looking increasingly likely. The writers strike may be in its final days. Yep. The latest report from one Hollywood trade suggests chatter between the writers guild of America and alliance of motion pictures and television producers is on the home stretch with one insider even saying all that's left to do is get the attorneys involved to draw up right legal language. Variety says the lawyers are huddling on the fine print of huddling on the <laughs> fine print of language in complicated contract issues, such as the use of uh, generative mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and great groundbreaking elements for the WGA's minimum basic agreement. Those have been two of the WGA's most biggest hurdles throughout the strike, with the union seeking to curb the usage of AI technology in an effort to generate scripts. The WGA has also been hoping to get the studios to agree to minimum Sizes for writers' rooms, guaranteeing a certain number of writers will be staffed on each series or film. Though studio bosses like Disney's Bob Iger and Warner Brothers' David Zasloff have been personally negotiating on behalf of the studios for much of the week, the trade says no CEOs or corporate leads were included in Saturday's meeting, suggesting things may be close to complete. Though we negotiated intent on making it a a fair deal, and though our Your Strike vote gave us the leverage to make some gains, the studio's responses to our proposals have been woolly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing. The WGA said in a statement on May 1st, we may now exert the maximum leverage possible to get a fair contract by withholding our labor. The statement continued. The WGA negotiating committee began this process intent on making a fair deal, but the studio's responses have been woolly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing. The company's behavior has created a gig economy inside a union workforce and their immovable stance in this negotiation has betrayed a commitment to further devaluing the profession of writing Uh, from their refusal to guarantee any level of weekly employment in episodic television to the creation of a day rate in comedy variety to their stonewalling on free work for screenwriters and on AI for all writers. They have closed the door on their labor force and opened the door to writing as an entirely freelance profession, no such deal could ever be contemplated by this membership. That was her statement, I guess, uh, on May 1st. Mm-hmm. So, but it looks like everything's hunky-dory now, and they're about to uh, wrap yep. things up, uh, supposedly. So, yeah, I heard
3: we could hear something tomorrow, as early as Monday, tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Monday. so... Maybe that'll be over, and then it's just a sag after strike that's left.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I figure once this one's done, pretty much the, mm. the, the the SAG-AFTRA and the WGA have very similar concerns. So once mm-hmm. that's – once one oh, taken care and, of, the other one will probably end pretty
3: good the, the thing is is that the lawyers are going to – because with AI coming out, in, but that being when the sticklers, they have to get those, like, wording very yeah. well written in
4: there. Yeah. <laughs> so the lawyer speak will be very thick.
0: Um, but uh, the thing though is, is that uh, so the writer strike is ending, might be ending.
4: Mm-hmm. The
0: SAG after strike is still ongoing, yep. and uh, by the end of next week, the video game. Yeah, they're supposed to go might on, be strike. on strike. Yeah. So, yep. Will it ever end? <laughs> I don't know. So, but at least uh, some progress is being made. I think it's just to salvage because what uh, that report back way back like at mm, beginning of the month or mm-hmm. last month or something like that where. Uh, uh, the industry lost like five hundred million or something like yeah. that in the last quarter. So, uh-huh. which means that the state of California lost five hundred million. <laughs> uh, in other words, And Georgia, and oh yeah, in <laughs> Georgia.
3: <laughs> I mean, a lot of that's happening in Georgia now. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Marvel works primarily out of Georgia yeah. now. Yeah. Well, that's
0: because California is too expensive to do anything yep. nowadays. So that's why.
3: Well, and it's, it'll hopefully like in, in increase the awareness plus the speeding up of getting them to. Uh, do that law here for nevada too
0: which law that
3: they're they're trying to get the studios to actually ha- build studios down in um vegas and jeremy renner's trying to get them as well to have
1: a studio up here
0: well that'd be small i tried to get dustin ferguson so, to build a to his one of his studios up here he built a studio down there mm-hmm. i'm like no build it up here <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: well yeah because you have so many different terrains just yep. in the, a couple hours drive oh, yeah. a couple hours
3: here.
0: yeah 30 minutes
3: oh yeah yeah no yeah. jeremy renner's been actually on the like campaign with the writers of the bill because yeah. they're solely about like Oh Vegas Vegas. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, we need Northern Nevada in this as well. Uh-huh. Like this, they need to be included. And yes, definitely. I'm like, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you live in Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Northern Nevada still. Yeah. Depending on what part of no- Tahoe he mm-hmm. lives. He's in, he's actually in the Nevada part.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Cause he, he comes down to Reno every so often. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so does everybody else from Tahoe. He's actually
1: shopped down here in Carson. We used to see him.
0: So does everybody else from Tahoe. I know. I know, but we used to see him, so... <laughs> okay, well, I haven't seen him yet. Saw Steve Austin, that was about it. An unexpected DC villain might be making their return. Shocking. Uh, DC recently released their solicitations for December 2023 and early January 2024, which revealed the first details surrounding Wesley Dodds, The Sandman number 3. Mm-hmm. The miniseries is written by... I don't care, and has been chronicling the adventures of the titular vigilante in relation to the current Justice Society of America ongoing series. As the new synopsis for Wesley Dobbs, the Sandman number three hints Wesley's ongoing mission will bring about the return of the fog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, unless it's John Carpenter's, I'm not too yeah. I'm, too I'm like
0: all right. So that is like a total 1930s character right there yeah. if you think about it the fog because mm-hmm. the Sandman they're talking about isn't the Neil Gaiman, no. No, Gaiman no, no, no. Uh, Sandman they're yeah, talking it's, about it's the, the original, original. Sandman yeah. back in the day Sandman so that one I guess the fog would have been a scary character mm-hmm. uh, who is apparently using Wesley's gear for malicious purposes <gasps> Wesley's search for answers brings him to the city morgue as he learns the man who broke into his home didn't die from the fire Okay, I didn't know there was a fire, but all right. Uh, But the clues he finds land him face-to-face with the true villain, and he's already begun using the Sandman gear. Didn't you just say that? Enter the fog. The fog was first created by uh, these two people in 1985. Oh, now I feel real old. All-Star Squadron uh, 1985's All-Star Squadron number 44 as one half of the duo of Nazi supervillains, boy, Nazis just Nazis. have been around in comic books since, like, the dawn of
1: time. Well, yeah, because, you know, there was, you know, Captain America was punching Hitler back yeah. when he was, still, back when it was still, you know, actually Hitler. fantasy,
0: yeah. So. Nazis. I know, in, in the 80s, Nazis, of all things. Uh, he subsequently appeared in two-issue arc of just, Young Justice in the 2000s. The moniker of the Fog was later repurposed as a member of the Brotherhood of Dada, Dada oh, yeah. who often went toe-to-toe with the Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. A gender-bent version of the character, uh, Shelley Byron, was portrayed by y- 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 Wayne D- Everett, On the Doom Patrol television series, there's no telling at this point if Wesley Dodds the Sandman's version of The Fog will be an exact continuation of either character or some sort of new incarnation. Wesley Dodds the Sandman number three is set to be released on Tuesday, December 12th. So Hmm. basically like a uh, Mm -hmm. um, collector's alert if you're into collecting stuff because sometimes these old villains or old heroes, when they make an appearance out of nowhere. Especially uh, obscure ones like this. Oh, yeah. Um, so all of these. This, here's another one that might be a uh, pretty good, uh, um, good one. So uh, do you want to talk to, uh,
1: you know, Dreamwell Comics? Have them set aside. No. For you. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I thought you. <laughs> you were... don't want another wheelbarrow amount of. of comics I don't want, to not want. I pick don't, up.
0: No, I don't. I, I'm not particular on DC. I never have I been. So. And, See, and, I thought you were going to talk about the whole Beast Boy thing going on right
3: now the in DC. Beast Boy thing. Yeah, they're making him a villain.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, gee. Um, so they're copycatting Marvel again cuz they just got Marvel just got done doing that with the Beast. Mm-hmm. So
4: hmm.
1: Anyway, actually. Well, yeah, but the difference is he Beast turns into Boy's Star-o. blue. No. Be- no, Beast Boy's green, I'm yeah, sorry. About he turns beast into Starro.
0: <laughs> turns into Starro? Yeah.
1: Oh boy. <laughs>
3: it with sports and everything.
1: Really?
0: Yes. See, they, huh. see, just because you're a shapeshifter doesn't mean you take on every single characteristic of something just because you change into it. And that's where never, there's never been any real clarification on that. You know, like with Mystique, you know. Mm-hmm. So just because you can imitate what somebody looks like, uh, wouldn't it be just you looking like that person in the same clothes?
1: Oh, well, yeah, because uh, – well, oh, no, no, because she can actually change her skin to look like the clothes and yeah. stuff. But it's Which like she's kind
0: of disgusting. Yeah, yeah but she can't uh, – So is at... she actually wearing clothes or is that her skin? That's
1: her skin. Ew, that white dress. Yes. Ew. Yeah, but then you know, but she like she can't copy adamantium, right? Like, so like, just right. that's one. Thing she can that copy the, movie, the look; it'll look like it, but it ain't. Yeah, yeah, quality. that's one thing the movies did really well when 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 Hugh Jackman's were fighting, but mm-hmm. the Mystique one, you know, tried to block his claws, but the claws went right through hers, and she's like, "Ow!" Yeah. <laughs> The skin that's
0: disgusting. Uh, well, there has been (laughs) he's just focused on that. (laughs) Well, that is that's kind of nasty. Uh, while there has never been a shortage of demonic forces in the Marvel Universe, none have made us as significant an impact as the demonic powerhouse known as Mephisto.
1: Yep, yep, he's the one responsible for one more day.
0: Apart from menacing Earth's mightiest heroes, the powerful demon has maintained a small but potent stranglehold over a dedicated group of followers throughout the centuries that has become known as the cult of Mephisto. And Marvel has just set the group up for a gruesome return to the spotlight as they hunt down one of the publisher's most popular and powerful heroes. Any guesses? Uh, mm,
1: Either Spider-Man or Deadpool. Captain Marvel.
0: (laughs) None of the above. Over the past few months, the titular anti-hero of Ghost Rider number 18 has gotten close to his unexpected wow. new partner, Talia Warroad, in numerous ways. Apart from their tight-knit working relationship, the two have embarked into a romant, romantic one as well. Hmm. Surprisingly, none of this has lent itself to Talia opening up about her past or how she came to be one of, one of both S.H.I.E.L.D. and the FBI's top occult experts. As it turns out, Talia is simply... In, in innately in tune with the darkness that surrounds her, and she has an unsettling connection to the cult of Mephisto. Oh. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, here's a very big collector's alert. Robert, I, I would like to hear from you on this if you got this. Yeah, Robert and uh, Dreamwall Comics, if you're mm-hmm. listening. Uh, with their most recent shipment of comic books this week, Marvel Comics included a one per store edition of Wolverine number thirty seven with a virgin variant cover by Greg Capello. Canny retailers have already sold copies on eBay with sales of Wolverine thirty seven going for as high as wanna take a guess? Two thousand. Uh ten thousand. Okay, you're both wrong. Two hundred. No. You got to think it's just coming out this week. I mean, well, yeah, but, you know. Unless he wrote it in gold, it wouldn't be that much. Oh no. not People are weird with comics, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, There's
3: there's no real consistency. Some, some uh, of them go for, like, an obnoxious amount. You're like, why? And some go for, like, super low, and you're like, why? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Though one store very generously sold one for just $4. I'm guessing they may be regretting that sale now. Bleeding Cool reported from San Diego Comic-Con that Greg Capello was famously... Who, who famously was given the choice in 2011 of Batman at DC Comics or Wolverine at Marvel and went with Batman uh, for the new 52, was now back at Marvel and started with variant covers, beginning with his secret Wolverine variant cover. Not a secret now, of course. So if you're in your local comic book shop, look for a bloodied, clawed Wolverine in his classic costume, the shredded brown and yellow costume leaping towards you with a gradient green background. That's it. No title, no logo, no Marvel corner or issue number. Also, it's just, a virgin
1: cover and just the picture.
0: Just the picture. Oh, okay. So look for that on the shelf. Um, your comic book retail store is only going to have one. And so mm. yeah, that's a, you know, unless they bought extra somehow, right. um, but uh, each comic book uh, store got one. So I know Robert got one. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Oh, oh, we got Sweet a call. <laughs> Fished him, flushed him out. All right. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Who is this one? Where are you calling from?
2: Hello, it's Robert. <laughs> hey, Robert. <laughs> Yay.
0: Hey, Robert. So did you get the uh, Batman or the uh, Wolverine?
5: I'm Wolverine. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Wow. Awesome.
0: Ooh. All right. Um,
5: and as a matter of fact, I'll send you a picture, Jimmy. Oh, okay. okay I was going to cool. come by
0: the shop tonight and check it out.
5: Yeah. Yeah, if it's still here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh hmm. yeah well aren't you closed no you're not oh you're... Uh, no oh yeah all right so if ever anybody heads down there please let robert take a picture of it before you buy it <laughs> uh, i'm gonna do it right now okay so um so were you surprised to get that
6: i was shocked because it wasn't on the invoice
5: or anything huh. wow
0: so it was a yeah. complete surprise and secret all right so but that... they
5: didn't bag and board it
0: <laughs> shocking You know, it didn't get damaged, did it?
2: No, no, actually. Oh, good. It's it's fine. It's good. Good, good, good. Awesome.
0: So, yeah, I'll I'll come and check that out. Was it
2: like
3: in between something? And we got
0: another call. (laughs) I guess that might be a buyer. Uh, Go ahead and, um, yeah, link them in. Uh, Yeah, no, they are going to it.
6: They
2: sealed it in a baggie, but no board. Gotcha.
0: Uh, We got a second caller on the line. Caller, who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Lyric. Hey, Lyric. Hey, Lyric. Lyric. A little little early Lyric. (laughs) But that's okay. Um, So, Robert. uh, My clock says 640.
2: Sorry. It must be off a
0: little. Oh. Oh. Oh, Well, hey, you might be interested in this for your pops, then, because we're talking Mm -hmm. about comic books the last time you were on the show. Wolverine number 37, a virgin variant, a copy was sent to every retailer, and Robert, who is on the phone as well from uh, Dreamwell Comics, got one.
2: I do. Uh, exciting
0: <laughs> so yeah um, I was just reading the article about uh, some retailers were selling it as for uh, $200 on eBay so and it just came out
2: so Robert's going to be selling it for $2 or, <laughs> 200 or not, not 200 I can tell you that
0: yeah, he, he's looking for the lyric <laughs> discount apparently so <laughs> just take a couple of zeros off of that for me and we'll call it good <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what time is it? Oh, it is time for us about to go into 30 seconds until we're going to break. Robert, I appreciate you. Um, and you uh, thank you. And uh, definitely if uh, let me know if that sells before I get off the air tonight, because I definitely want to come okay. out, down and check that out. And, uh, lyric, good. and Lyric, I know why you're calling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't mind hanging got- on.
2: I've got big news. Yeah, I'm happy to hang on and uh, share that after your break. Uh, yep. Yeah, awesome. Well, so awesome.
0: hang on the line, uh, lyric and uh, Robert. We'll talk to you later, and uh, we'll That's be good. right back right after this. So don't go anywhere. More Paul Colchicabim Radio Show coming up with lyric Bert from from uh, Silver State Storytellers. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Last Sunday, uh, we had Lyric Burt on the, our show, and he was here live in studio for the whole three hours, and we were talking with him about everything, Silver State Storytellers, and the Carson Creepy Short Horror yes. Film Competition. And uh, how you only had until the tw- Wednesday the twentieth at noon to sign up. Um, at the time that he was on on the air with us on Sunday, they had twenty teams. And lyric, you have some big news.
2: Yes, so we did have more signups after my appearance last week. Nice, uh, the awesome. Time registration closed. We ended up with a total of thirty-one teams 31? in the competition. Wow! Houses. So you had eleven. So you and had... a record amount of, of filmmakers i must say <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome so yeah.
0: that that is going to be a long night showing if all of them actually make it in there you're looking at uh 310 minutes of yeah, so, uh, yeah i think we figured about it was like four movement. and a half
2: hours yeah. yeah yeah four and a half hours if if everyone actually submits a qualifying film on time. Yeah, and and go the full nine minutes. Yeah, our wonderful community partners at the Brewery Arts Center said that all of the filmmakers deserve a big-screen debut, so we have added a matinee screening ceremony to our our lineup on October 14th. So there will be a 2 o'clock block of films, and then our regularly scheduled six o'clock block of films as well. Awesome. And we will be letting people know which films are in which block a uh, few days after uh, the films get submitted to us on October 4th.
0: Now, how is that awesome. going to be broken up? Like, our um, are, are tickets available? Are, are available at nbstoryteller.org. Um. So, are you going? Is it one ticket for both screenings, or or are they going to have to buy someone going to have to buy separate tickets? We
2: we do have some package deals where you can buy tickets to both screenings if you would like to attend both blocks. (laughs) Which we would love it if you came and saw all of the fantastic films that these filmmakers are are presenting to us.
0: Well, yeah, especially if you want to participate in the audience. choice right. award yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know you'd have to see all of the films in order to be able to submit for our audience choice award right
2: well we we will say that uh you know you're gonna have to want to pack the uh <laughs> the audience with your friends and family no, our, <laughs> uh, our, because <laughs> we'll, we'll have two votes there will be a that, vote for block a and a vote for block b
3: okay good that's what I was just gonna ask you if you had yeah
0: okay well, that'll be interesting. Congratulations, sir. That is very exciting news. Um so how does that play out with the uh, have you uh, with the uh, costume contest?
2: We are only doing the costume contest, the silent auction and the raffle during the evening screening. Gotcha. Okay. okay.
0: So all of the big and stuff that still is happens. And
2: also where the big awards will be happening. We will be doing the big awards presentation. During the evening block as well.
1: Yeah, but it's still cool that they're that they have the second, the earlier showing too, though.
3: Yeah, but now there's a possibility yeah. that some of the earlier showings are going to win some of those awards for later. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely, yes. Which is why we are going to make all of the films available online on October fifteenth. Oh, We will be able nice. to see cool. those on our YouTube page and on our website. Cool. Awesome.
0: so if you want to go and check them out, it is an n v dot org and um congratulations sir that's awesome thirty one right. teams signing up um I- I mean-
2: I, I am beside myself, and if anybody out there is listening who is a competing team, we are so grateful to you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Good have... luck to everybody. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and I'm everybody looking forward fun. to seeing oh, well, <laughs> Actually, now that the uh, um, it's almost over with, actually, because they, they have until, what, October 4th? 4th? October 4th. Um, since we're getting pretty close. Well, we still got a week oh, to go. Oh, with and the, and props? Yeah. Yeah, can, can what, the props. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wanted to know what the props were. Prompts were. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, well, I would like to hold those a little close to my chest and leave okay. a mystery for our screening ceremony. Okay. <laughs> we will Fair be enough. revealing those to the audience at the Screening and Awards. Gotcha. Fair okay. enough.
0: All right, All right sir. Darn well, it. hey, thank you for the update, and uh, congratulations again. And uh, definitely one day uh, put, make public exactly how they're going to be doing everything uh, through their Facebook page. It'll be in the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed. And again, sir, congratulations. That's Awesome. Yes, congratulations,
2: Thank you, friends. I really appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful evening and a great show. You You too, too, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right, so let's get into the comic books that are being released this Wednesday, September 27th. At least here I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decision solely on my opinion. It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, I do not include a in trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at poppoliticalboom gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your book or books in the future. First up from Aardvark Vanom is Cerebus in Hell presents Hell question mark bot number one one shot with two cover variants antarctic press has kaiju cooking number one kaiju <laughs> cooking.
3: i like it <laughs> great title shot. if nothing
0: else and they also have valkyrie saviors key of storms number one of three with two cover versions variants i should say anyone comics has millennials you are special number one <laughs> <laughs> Band of Bards has Grandma Tilly's Hell Tech Mech, number one of three.
1: Grandma Tilly's Hell
0: Tech Mech. I not don't make these things that, up.
1: That is a I love that title.
0: <laughs> Boom Studios has stuff of nightmares. Red Murder number one. No, it's red rum. Uh Red Murder number one with uh wallet busting, ten cover variants. Or actually that's bank busting. Dark Horse Comics has Usagi, Ujimbo, Ice and Snow, number one, with only three cover variants. Gamera Turtle Soup. Oh, okay. I got it. He's uh, commenting on the Kaiju Cooking, number one. <laughs> Gamera Turtle Soup. Uh, illegal in most countries uh dc comics (laughs) batman catwoman the gotham war red hood number one number of two with three cover variants it's like they don't even really really title their comic books anymore they just throw names together batman catwoman the gotham war red hood (laughs) i know like i'm like where
3: did
5: red hood come out of there like
3: (laughs) is it like dash red Hood? no
0: there's no dashes there's no commas. it's just a space it's just spaces in between words it's very odd. Hey. Wow. It's like,
1: it's like it's like they have a dartboard with all the characters' names and stuff, and, you know, like cities and stuff. Oh, Batman. Dude, just kidding. Oh, Catwoman. Desperate. Redwood. Yeah. Gotham. <laughs> or Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, they're picking, uh, okay, we need a hero. Uh, we need a, a city. Uh, okay. Uh, Flash, Flash number one with a wallet-busting nine cover variants. Power Girl number one with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Floating World Comics has Night Cruising number one one-shot. IDW publishing has Sonic the Hedgehog, Amy's 30th Anniversary Special, number one with three cover variants. Oh boy, I should have kept Robert on the phone. Star Trek Day of Blood, how do you pronounce this? S-H-A-X-S. Shax? Shaxx's. Good enough. Uh, Star Trek Day of Blood Shax's best day, number one, with four cover variants. Mad Cave Studios has Tales from the Cave, number one, one shot. Marvel Comics has Avengers Annual Number One with two cover variants, and okay, Robert, you're gonna have to put this one on hold for me. (laughs) Micronauts Number One Facsimile Edition. Oh my gosh! But with three cover variants, so Uh I will take whatever cover variants you got,
3: uh, Robert. So all three, all two, all one.
0: (laughs) Whatever, whatever he has available, whatever you got available, I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, but yeah,
1: uh, so, so the Micronauts are finally getting some love again. So that's, yeah, which is weird. Well,
0: actually, that's probably that's the only way uh, Marvel can put out the Micronauts is by doing that old, doing the old one, yeah, Yeah. type thing. Yeah, Vault Comics has sainted love. <laughs> anyway, number wow. one, I know with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Come on, that was punny. No, it's uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew what I was talking about. You knew it right away when I did terrible. it. Dun dun. Two notes. That's all it took. Uh, Xenoscope Entertainment. Bell cursed number one with one shot with four cover variants, and that are those are your comics coming out. The New York Video Game Critics Circle. Wow, that's N Y V G C C. Revealed this week, they are holding.
3: Acronym. They do (laughs) Uh,
0: this week. They are holding the thirteenth annual New York Game Awards this coming January. The event will officially return to the SVA Theater in Manhattan, set to take place on Tuesday, January 16, 2024. As you might suspect, they'll be honoring the achievements in gaming throughout 2023. That is what a gaming award show is about. <laughs> <Der. clears throat> yep. In several categories, as well as a few honorable awards. This year's show will once again be co-hosted by Circle president and founder, Harold Goldberg, as well as... NYVGCC senior intern Makeda Mayfield. Senior intern. I know. <laughs> what? And <laughs> the 2022 Andrew I'm an Young... for life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm senior. I got it. <laughs> that's
3: what I mean. That's look at can imagine. Like, I, I'm I hope she's getting paid. That's all I got to say. Intern. With
0: a title like that, I hope she's being paid. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah no doubt. Huh? The 2020 uh, Andrew Young, uh, Young Legend Award recipient and former Nintendo of America president Reggie Les Ames. Uh, The nominees will be announced soon, but tickets are on sale now for those looking to attend, and they are available at Eventbrite.com. He was usurped by Bowser. I know. (laughs) Kind of funny if if you think about it. Disney Parks is teasing a Black Panther expansion at one of their locations. The chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, Josh DeAmoro, Mentioned the MCU's beloved property during an investment summit this week. WDWNT reported his remarks. Why couldn't they? Anyway, his remarks about. I have no idea what this WDWNT is. Walt
3: Disney World News, ta- news
0: Tonight. Wow, you're good. I would have never gotten that. I'm horrible. They at have Scrabble. a. They
3: have a, like, <laughs> a. They're like a magazine and YouTube channel.
0: Oh, okay. Reported as remarks about getting a Wakanda experience into the real world somewhere. Uh, this week also brought news of Disney committing to a $60 billion spend on the parks over the next decade. Inside these, inside those comments to the to the and SEC, stocking. the company agreed for uh, argued for even more leverage leveraging of the various brands and franchises in the attractions being brought to various parks. One of the popular additions to the Disney parks is Avengers campus with black Panther being one of the most popular corners of the MCU. Seeing Wakanda represented makes a ton of sense. Just yesterday, Disney revealed that SEC filing to pour 60 billion into parks and experiences. While there have been challenges on other fronts resulting from the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the parks business is still strong with that massive investment, Disney is putting even more of its weight behind the Marriott Mar- 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 uh Disneyland and Walt Disney World locations around the world. And that got yep. that got Eric talking and not talking. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, they dot, 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 oh. they finally like laid out their their true final plans for Disneyland, um, expanding and making Downtown Disney more Disney Springs like. Um, They're adding um, actual – they're going to actually have um, vacation villas there for the first time. So that's actually like pretty
0: cool. I sent them to you. So – and Eric says, uh, well, Disney just bought the 30 acres next to Angel Stadium. Yep. So that – And that
3: was like they always like shared that and used that as overflow employee parking when – um, Disneyland got like way like on the super busy days and stuff. So I could totally see them doing that. But they had to change their plans around because of the hotels and stuff. And that's why when they are opening Pixar Pier, it's going to have its own entrance into California Adventure.
0: Hmm. hmm interesting. Never and it's going to be <laughs> supposedly
3: priced almost as high or higher than the California hotel.
4: That Oof. They have. Yeah. Oof.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, nothing can beat the price of the uh, Star Wars Star Cruiser. Which went downhill. Boop! I wonder why! Uh, Yeah, because nobody could afford it, maybe. Uh, But anyway... Uh, Here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of September 25th through October 1st. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, next year, they may not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area... That I can add to this list Please contact me at com. Put upcoming event in the subject line And in the body of the email Include the name of the event The day and dates it will be running And where it will be taking place So I can add it to my upcoming list You ready there, Spencer? I am ready Alright, first up is fin, uh,
1: On uh, October t- or no, September 28th to October 1st Is Finfer Animus 2023 In Kokoshoteli, Toluca, Voxi,
0: Finland Wow, okay I would not have gotten even close to pronouncing it like that. September 29th through the 30th is King Con 2023 at uh, Bell Celebrations in Kingman, Arizona. I've been there on tour. Uh, September 29th through October 1st is Anime North Texas 2023 at the Mesquite Convention Center in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, September 29th through October 1st is Archon... Twenty twenty three at the Gateway Convention Center in Collinsville, Illinois. September 29th through October 1st is Beer City Comic Con, Woo! 2023, at Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. September 29th through October 1st is Cap Capclave Cap 2023, at the Hotel Hilton Hotel and Executive Meeting Center in Rockville, Maryland. September 29th through October 1st is Cape Comic-Con 2023 at the Dury D- Plaza Hotel, Cape Girardeau Conference Center, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Okay.
1: And then uh, September 29th through October 1st is the Fur Dance Budapest 2023 in Sokonai Culturales Kospont in uh,
0: Budapest, Hungary. Which is kind of an odd place for a furry con, but anyway. I digress. Oh, yeah. Why there's no furries there, over there's, there? there? There's furries all around the world, I'm sure. <laughs> I, <know. So. laughs> I just, I would not picture Hungary as a place. Uh,
1: what are you talking about? That's one of the original furries. Blah, blah, blah. Hungary? Oh, yeah. You know, you had Dracula. You could change into a wolf or a bat. That's that, Those You're are furries, hungry? right? It's from that region.
0: Oh, Okay. Uh, September 29th through October 1st was Furry Tick Over 2023 at the Fontana Village Resort and Marina in Fontana Dam, North Carolina. And with that music, it means it is our top of the hour break. If you missed any part of the show thus far and would like or just want to relive some of that funny stuff, then please feel free to check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast. Anywhere where you get your, get your podcast, your favorite podcast platform, in other words. And we'll be back with our big interview with Christy Shin right after this. So don't go anywhere. More. Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, coming up. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment, oh, and feedback, (laughs) and uh, we are welcoming to our show right now, the, I don't know if I can get to the right part of the page here, oh, there we are, Uh, the Ringo Award winning comic book artist and creator of the comic book Demon Bitch, and uh, Miss Christy Shin, and how are you?
7: I'm doing great tonight, how are you? I'm having a relaxing evening, and enjoying
4: life right
0: now awesome. awesome well welcome to the pop culture Kaboomer radio show um so you have been around for quite a while i actually didn't even know about uh your comic books or and everything you've done until i met you at uh, the silver age con con uh two years yeah. ago so that was my first yeah. and it was so packed i couldn't get into set up the camera to do a, a video interview for the youtube channel so i figured well one day i'm gonna have to have her on the show and then uh, you've been so busy with uh, doing cons and everything, I didn't think I'd get a chance to get you on the show before uh, the uh, Kickstarter ended, but fate has it, here you are.
7: <laughs> right time, right place, right? Yeah. I've been a fan of that.
0: <laughs> so uh, give us a little backstory. You started doing the Demon Bitch comic, comic book in 2016, so has it been around a while?
7: Yeah, it was like 2015, 2016, actually, when I took a look back. But sometimes my memory gets fuzzy, so thank God for copyright. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, about 2015, 2016, I, I had to deal with that. That's a whole other story, and I won't get into that. But uh, the, essentially what it was is that um, I kind of, like, I did a precursor book called Personal Monsters, which is, like, a kid's book for adults. And really it was, like, a pissed-off book that I had to do that was, like, I just drew a pissed-off book that to make me laugh because I was – I. it's kind of like with uh, Matt Groening. You know, he's the creator of The Simpsons, mm, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. So
7: he did – yeah, so apparently there's these things with cartoons. The moment they move to L.A., then they go write a cartoon about it. So he did Life in Hell. So mm-hmm. I used to read his books a lot as a kid. Um, I don't think my parents really cared, so I kind of <laughs> wonder about that. Uh, but I kind of wrote my book when I went to L.A. after meeting the people in L.A. And, again, there's really good people in L.A. I still live there now. But, um, you know, you have the typical, quote-unquote, stereotypical L.A. jerks, right? <laughs> so I would meet people that seemed nice, and then they were really awful people. You find out, and you dump them. But then I've noticed how, to, how our society is, is that we tend to be kind of jerky towards people that have been wronged. And I don't mean that you need to coddle a person about their mistakes, but goodness, like, have some compassion. Like, there's saying, oh, just get over it, meaning, you know, I wasn't right. ranting and raving like a crazy person. I just wanted to express my anger and hurt about a situation and they'd be going like, well, you just need to get over it, meaning stuff it down and just deal with it. Oh. And mm. so this is my way of dealing with it, which was not stuffing it down. So I drew, drew the most angriest, meanest things I could think of. And then I wrote about it as an afterthought, released it. I just thought it was going to be a funny book, but that took off. And then Demon Bitch is actually in that same universe. She's a low-level demon from the 13th pit of hell where people throw their dog crap and gum wrappers.
4: Okay.
0: You had me freaking yeah. out there for a second.
7: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I actually had a radio show in college, so I understand. That. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have an idea, so I'm, I'm going to kind of Tone it back a little bit in language. I actually was on a kid's show at one point. I was <laughs> about that. That's the awesome. kind of hilarious part of it all. Uh, but, but, yeah, what, what it was is that, um, so they're dog-crap dog and gum wrappers, and she wants to bring the second coming of Armageddon, but the first one never happened, but she's a moron. So <laughs> she, she's based on girls I hate. And generally, it's just <laughs> things that annoy the hell out of me, so there you go. So, um, basically, it's her misadventures with, um, her own cast of characters, like, um... I can't say one of the characters' names on here because it has to be, but it yeah. was like, wow. <laughs> um, there's Tammy Pond, there's, like, all these other characters. You'll have to read the book. And uh, so it's, essentially it was weird because, as again, it was started off as a pissed-off comic, but people have been, like, literally flocking to it, like, almost like an anger confession. It's not just a typical angry book, like, oh, ha, 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 men are dumb or whatever cliche you throw at, but it's like people have come up to me and said, I totally feel this. I totally feel this. And I, my demographic is almost split down the middle of men and women. Wow. So it's kind of amazing. And I'm actually pretty happy about that. And currently I'm running a Kickstarter. And one of the books, there's the typical graphic novel that I have that I collect that has fan art from Mog Park. She is on Game of Thrones. There's also um, Lawrence Hubbard. He does real-deal comics that's published through Um He's got a big following there. I've got a couple of other people that are there that are very well-known as artists in the Kickstarter community and in the underground comics and the independent comics community. And they've been helping me promote the book as well. And what it is is that one of the other books I promote is and promoting is demon B meets Mr. F word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is essentially like, it's a story about identity. It's a story about, you know, you know, how you are as a person. It's a story about your name but at the same time, you have a crappy character that's not a good person. Well, a good demon. She's a demon running around with you trying to discover these things. And it's actually 100% appropriate for children. There is no swearing or inappropriate situations. And how that started is, is that when I would do Demon Bitch, I applied for all shows, and some of them were all ages shows. So I thought I'd give it a shot because I had even parents coming up to me at regular conventions saying, oh, can we read this? And they would point to Demon Bitch. I mean, they're, they're, you're not disguising anything with a name. Right. So they actually show their children, which was like not in the double digits yet in age, <laughs> and they say, look, "Look, look, you can be just like her, the comic artist." I'm just saying that. Okay, that. <laughs>
1: you know. well, at least it was you, but, the comic artist, and not the main character of the comic, right?
7: No, no, no. So not- Although I am known as Demon Bitch too, but I think it's another <laughs> different title. Always, but. I think it scares people so they don't mess with me, so I think that's good, uh, because you will be severely made fun of if you bother me. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, so, quick question. Uh, so, uh, sure. at your numerous, because uh, you do a lot of conventions, I think you're, like, one of the pre- people, few people that I know that are basically at a convention every week. Has anybody ever come up to you cosplaying as Demon Bitch?
7: Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> They've just drawn her sexy right now, which I find very funny. I mean, like, if you look inside the Kickstarter and you see a sample print of Maude, she draws her all sexy, and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> she drew her way better than me, but, yeah. You know. <laughs> and I mean that on many levels. I just think it's funny because it's just like looking at that stuff, I think it's hilarious. It's just, I, you know, what I do is like I put the fan art in there because it's like, okay, you can draw me drawing her all the time, which is funny, but it's like I like to see how other people see her. I mean, I've seen people draw her with big boobs to like really weird-looking to really scuzzy looking, and it's just really funny. It's like they don't really follow a hundred percent of the actual body model that I do of her. Like she looks sausagey and stuff, but then sometimes I'll draw her with curves or super skinny or with an actual neck, which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so with the, the kids shows, I ended up submitting. I didn't hold back. I just said, "Here's a webtoon. You can look at the webtoon series also for free." And she, they looked at it and they still let me in. And then later on, I kept getting them where they would come up to me after every show and said, "You know, we were a little worried to have you on there, but you seem really cool. So come on back."
0: <laughs> well, that's good. At least you made an impression—a good impression, I right. should say. So, if you'd like I to, guess
4: I'm, good. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I uh, was just going to say. So, if you'd like to go and check out the Demon Bitch Kickstarter, I just now put it up in the Pop Culture Boom newsfeed. On Facebook, so go and check it out. And uh, you, your congratulations! You're almost halfway to your goal for the books, I should say. Oh yeah. So, uh, and yes, the title of it, I and the title of it is <laughs> "Demon Bitch, I Hate You All," um, <laughs> which is a pretty apropos title for the character. And also, the uh, "Demon B" meets Mr. F-word um, is the children's book, and so as, so you can get both books,
7: right? Yes, and they'll both be signed. So I. Always oh, usually wow. tend to write also a very rude thank you note or a very dirty <laughs> thank you note as a, you know, almost immediately after a person pledges. There is an also I am a <coughs> bird pin. Uh, that was actually off another joke off a real life uh, thing. What it is is that um, what happened is that I've had a lot of people come up to me and they get mad at me at, or online and then they said to me, You drew me. I don't even know half these people. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I'm just sitting there like, you know, I've already ran into four or five of you already. You're not special. And what's even funnier is they get madder at me for even saying that. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> that I possibly am like singling them out and they're even madder that I didn't. So right. I, more... I'm kind of like.
3: You mess with yeah, your, like
1: yeah. moment well, of fame. nobody likes learning that they're <laughs> a cliche. Oh, true.
7: Yeah, it's like you're not special. It's right. like they're pretty basic people. And um, usually they're the people that run around calling everybody basic and insulting everybody else and putting them down. That's what I find very funny. Um, right. They're really trying hard to be special. And then there's another one of demon, uh, demon bitch humping a blender. I won't say the whole name on here. I think the potentially.
4: <laughs> yeah, but, uh,
0: um, you should have seen the text exchange for, between me and the program director when I said I was having you on.
7: <laughs> it's like, oh dear lord, what are we doing? I'm gonna have a heart attack. I'm gonna have my <laughs> Yeah, he did too.
0: He's like, uh, I just did a little research into this, and uh. <laughs> so it was. Well, cool. it,
7: it's, it's essentially all this called blender hump and um <laughs> and uh I, it was based off of somebody messaging me because I guess they get I don't, it's like why do people message me about this because it's like you know I'm gonna make a bit out of it because that best comedy is off of real life right yeah, right
1: exactly and
7: yeah. you should she was like essentially you should go get <clears throat> by a blender, right
4: uh-huh.
7: <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess that kind of hurt my self esteem uh, no, actually not really, but <laughs> it was <like> very infantile. <laughs> So I showed one of my friends that, and I think in Alcoholics and Anonymously, you will actually see that um, the blender humping picture um, <laughs> that in there. And it's uh, one of the add-ons. And my friend Don Wynn, he does Pablo the Gorilla, and he drew her humping the blender. It was actually funny. She's like, oh, it's happening. And uh, so I drew my thing of it, but it was like the rendition that you see is actually going to be a magnet sticker and patch. So you can make her kind of like. Grabbing onto um, in a very carnal way, uh, <laughs> there's anything you want in a different format. So, those oh are the four gosh. main ones. There'll be two more stretch goals, too. I love it. So,
0: um, what I'm surprised about is that, um, you know, how popular Demon, Demon Bitch has become and how much it's grown over since you first started it. Um, has it been, have you been approached about Because uh, I think this would be great, like on Adult Swim, like at midnight, as, as part of their cartoon block, if there was a Demon Bitch cartoon.
7: Let's just say I have been approached. Um, there are things in the meantime that I know of. Um, the only thing is, is that I cannot really talk about it. And number two, just I'm, I'm not part of the WGA or SAG after or any of that. But it's no, just but those, out of respect to them. And, oh, I was going to say really, NDAs also, are
0: NDAs are the bane of my existence when it comes to doing this job. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, we're doing this great stuff that I can't talk about. <laughs> so
7: yeah, and also it's just like also. Right now I'm, like, looking at how the state of, like, the entertainment aspect of that is, movies and TV. because it does concern me as a creator, too, in a point, like, with AI art and things like that. Um, it's just like they're just working out a system because, I mean, from what I've understood or what I've seen, and, again, I am not a member of any of those unions, so, but I do have friends that are. So it looks like they're just sorting out the new aspects, like, especially AI art and probably revamping a payment system regards to, uh, writers and actors and such, like different compensatory systems that were kind of left in the air and also with the advent of AI, um, it's made a lot of people nervous. Um, I could go on a whole thing about AI. I won't. <laughs> but it's, a, it's an evolving thing. It kind of reminds me of when, you know, when they cloned Dolly the Sheep years ago and people got very uncomfortable with that because was like, oh, you're going to clone human beings. It's going to be this whole clone war thing. And they did put down rudimentary laws for the ethics of human cloning. Um, I don't know about all those laws. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to follow the same trend as that.
0: Well, uh, a, th- a thing I noticed lately, is with at least with comic book conventions of any sort, is that they've actually put it in their bylines. If you're going to be a vendor, that you cannot sell AI art, which is really, yeah. I think, is a really good good thing that the uh, conventions are doing to help protect our uh, individuals such as yourself who go there and you're trying to sell your stuff and then somebody just has AI creating it for, for them you know
7: yeah yeah. I mean it's like it's, it's kind of funny too because one of my friends just for laughs um, one of them actually did put it through an AI machine demon bitch just to see what would happen she broke it really bad <laughs> Didn't know <what> to do. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny i mean he just showed me i mean he wasn't interested in replicating my work he just wanted to see what would happen and it's just like, he it broke <laughs> it was so bad it broke it so bad you know i i'm but, not yeah i'm
0: not much of a casting director but i honestly if uh, if it does end up demon bitch does end up being an animated series in any shape way or form you've got to do the voice oh god. <laughs> right guys
7: <laughs> there's a couple of voices there's a couple of voices i probably could do it would either be demon bitch and her nemesis <clears throat> bird um <laughs> i can't say the name because of saa but it's kind of like they're kind of carved from the same model except um the bird is actually like kind of like she's slightly more intelligent but they're both both uh what is it emotionally unstable, emotionally stupid emotionally very stupid. They, you know how they say they have emotional intelligence? Their yeah. emotional intelligence is beyond some par It's yeah. bad.
1: Yeah. So beyond being so they're stunted. Mostly, okay. the yeah, they like... Yeah, non-existent.
7: Yeah, it's like they're very, very self-centered. And I, I really yeah. don't like to bandy the word narcissist or narcissistic because it's kind of like toxic because it's been overused. Um, I feel that also narcissism in itself is a very, very special condition. And everybody going around trying to elevate extreme self-centeredness and selfishness to a point of like oh you're a narcissist it's like no narcissism is a very different thing and um it's a very and just to me it kind of cheapens in how serious narcissism is so i would say these are extremely self-centered and selfish people that have no interest in personal growth or movement but yet really want to kind of stay miserable it's kind of like their misery they kind of love it in that way, like the amount of pity or attention it brings them, even though it might not be the right kind of attention. It's kind of like a parrot, like a lot of parrots or birds. They kind of come from very abused or very neglectful homes because not a lot of people are understanding their needs. So, you know, from what I've heard is like a parrot just screams and then the person yells it to shut up, you know, whatever expletive they choose to use. And that's the, it, that's the attention that they get. And that's the only really form of attention that they get. So they keep doing it. So it's like these people, these individuals are so desperate for some sort of sense of self-validation constantly that they're constantly doing more and more outrageously stupid things.
0: We are talking with Christy Shin and her book, uh, the next book for Demon Bitch, pen underscore 15 here as well as <laughs> Demon B meets Mr. F word are both on Kickstarter right now. I put the link in the pop culture boom newsfeed. If you want to go and check that out um, real quick, cause we only got like nine seconds until the next break. Uh, when, when is your next appearance? I know you're going to be at the um, metal arc comic con uh, coming up yeah. October 7th. Is that your next event? Um, con?
7: Yeah, that is my next event. And I'll be at ValorCon con later on that month too in Paris, California, P E R R I S. Um, if you have any questions, you can go to HoratoraStudios.com, and it will link all my appearances, because sometimes my appearances just pop up and I haven't had a chance to, like, update on my website or anything, but at least the appearances you'll get to see, like, as it updates.
0: And if you want to go and check out all of her work, you can go to Linktree backslash HoratoraStudios. Uh, Christy, thank you for being a guest on our show. I appreciate having you here. Uh, best of luck with thank everything. You. And I look forward to talking to you um, and uh, in the very near future, if possible
7: oh yeah definitely I'd love to be on thank Uh, you for having me hopefully
0: for longer next time yes (laughs) (laughs) right, you take care and uh, we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show and movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo so don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime or fantasy, And that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made. And we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is. You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And how are you saw?
5: Uh, I'm bad tonight, Jimmy. Two oh, reasons. Number I, one, I'm at work, I'm, so it's gonna be a little night. weird because I'm I'm at Costco, still closing it up. And two, the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. Yeah, Seventy yeah. to twenty. Are you kidding me? Seventy. Yeah. To are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not gonna cuss. I'm not gonna cry. I'm just gonna say.
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> are, you
5: kidding me? <laughs> I, are you kidding me? I like. Wow. I just, I just can't with this team. I love them. I'm wearing a Bronco jersey. I have to wear a mask at work because I had blow this last week. So because of that, I have to wear a mask. So I'm wearing a Bronco's mask, and all day I got heckled. I got heckled by a little old lady in a motorized car. <laughs> no, she didn't rob me like Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber. No, no. This lady decided to drive around me and go, ha-ha. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's been it's been a real real peach of the day, I will tell you. Ouch. But otherwise, yeah. I'm good, buddy. That's okay. rough.
0: All <laughs> right. So we here at the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show we do utilize a carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. I'm laughing at Dallas fans actually because they uh-huh. got beat by the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> and then, that
5: is it. Yeah, it's bad.
0: Yeah, and uh, and here is that movie rating system. If it is worth watching in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth seeing it as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it is worth seeing as a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. If it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So, uh, we got five movies uh, and the big 400 pound gorilla in the room this week, but we're going to start off with uh, The Creator. From writer director Garth Edwards comes an epic sci fi action thriller set amongst a future war between the human race and the forces of artificial intelligence. Joshua, a hardened ex special forces agent, grieving the disappearance. Disappearance of his wife is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the exclusive exclusive, elusive elusive architect of advanced AI, who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war and mankind itself. Joshua and his team of elite operatives journey across enemy lines into the dark heart of AI-occupied territory, only to discover the world-ending weapon he's been instructed to destroy as an AI in the form of a young child. And that's the synopsis. It ends right there. Nothing further. Another movie about AI, this time with the look and feel of children of men mixed with the golden child. That's the vibe I got. I don't know what else. What that else is. is
1: an interesting mix.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? That, that is quite the blend. Yeah, this movie looks depressing. And though I don't mind me some cerebral science fiction, I have to be in a particular mood for said science fiction. The first time I watched the trailers, I was then, I I was then, I I, I was then, uh, then I watched it, uh, watched them to formulate this passage, and now I'm not. So I was in a the mood, then I wasn't. So and then I watched it again, and I was in a mood, and so who knows? So I'm gonna give it a blah. I'll wait for it to be uh, on on uh, television, on cable network or whatever. Uh, Tony, what say you?
5: That's a fair one, man. Um, I thought it was an action-packed trailer with a sweet remix of Aerosmith's uh, "Dream On." Oh, no, the AI have turned on us, and it's all war. A soul kid, but she's AI, and he must protect her because she's the weapon that can end it all, but he just doesn't have the heart to turn her in. The visuals look great. The action looks fun, and I must say, it looks pretty original for a sci-fi movie. It, it actually drew me in, so I'm in, so it's a good for me.
4: All right.
1: Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, I'm really impressed with the, with the effects and everything in the, in the trailer. And the story does look interesting. And uh, Gareth Edwards, he also did uh, Rogue One, which was one of the first Star Wars movies I liked in a long while. So I, he has a good pedigree to it. Um, the only things really going against it um, are I have a feeling, I have an idea how the story is going to go. And if it's that predictable, um, I'll be disappointed. But the only other thing is, I watched this trailer with my wife, and the fact that all the AI were missing the back half of their heads was freaking her out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, for that, I, I, I again, I still think it's really, really interesting and everything. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm willing to give it a try. And you know, with something this big, with this, with this big of explosions and, and this much action, it looks like it's going to have. Uh, I would love to see it in the theaters, but since I don't want to freak my wife out. I'll probably go, like, at a matinee or something. So, so,
0: so. Okay, Rob, what say you?
3: Uh, yeah, I actually, I've seen this trailer multiple times. Um, it's it's a good trailer. I actually enjoy the trailer. I like the different variations that they've thrown out it there. Um, I'm excited to see this movie in all reality. I like um, the concepts of AI. And it's kind of Terminator-ish, too. It has that, mm-hmm. like, feel. Um, but it's kind of more of a heart story. So, I don't know. I, I like dramas. I like that stuff. That that's me. I like AI when it's horror, and I like it when it's drama. I like, <laughs> you know, I, I like science fiction. It's cool. Well, yeah, sci-fi is um, very adaptable. So for me, I like I said, I enjoyed the the trailer. I thought it was worthwhile. I've seen it multiple times in the theaters, and <laughs> it's always when I'm like, ooh, okay, let me let me like start watching this one because I, I want to see it, and
0: that want is, you know, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be good. Okay, too good. Starting off, starting off, no bad, a so-so and a blah. That's not a bad, not not a bad way to start the movie section. All right, Tony, what is next?
5: Oh, let's let's deliver us, shall we? <laughs> when a nun in a remote convent claims immaculate conception, the Vatican sends a team of priests to investigate. Concerned about an ancient prophecy that a woman will give birth to twin boys, one is the Messiah, the other is the Antichrist. That's your your synopsis there. Um, My thoughts were, a mom has nightmares about her twins. One is evil, one is good. But if she gives birth, it's the end of days. Or so it seems. Hey, is that Jared Leto as the priest? I don't know if it really was or not, but it looked like him, right? Uh, The trailer (laughs) just shows visions of what this lady is going through and she's going to have uh, if it's going to go as what they perceive it to be, it definitely looks like a movie with a really slow build, but the tension is there to get it to make it creepy. Um, is the baby going to be bad or not? There's a lot of nuns and a lot of priests. The movie doesn't look bad, but as I dissect it and I keep kind of thinking, I have to ask myself, would I really watch this? And the answer is no. So just because of that, I have to give it a touch brown because I know I won't watch it.
0: Okay, I didn't know the title of uh, this movie was going to be so metaphysical and literal—supernatural uh, horror in the vein of *The Omen*, but with a with a different take on the concept. I honestly don't didn't know that the uh, point of this movie, uh, what the point is, uh, the movie, the trailer doesn't seem to help. Even though it starts off okay, it quickly dig- degenerates to quick cuts to things that seem disjointed from the plot. And you quickly sit there going, "What just happened? Why did they show me the image of a wolf out in the middle of nowhere?" Um, so I'm going to have to give this one a touch brown as well. Rob, what say you? Um, you know, this one was it was all right for a trailer. Um, <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> I, I it, it didn't
3: it didn't do anything for me that like was like, "Oh my gosh, it looks scary." It doesn't look. It, it look I'm so sick of slow burn horror movies. And this looks like it's going to be a slow burn. And for me, like, when I hear that the movies are slow burn, it's always like, oh, I'm never, I'm not going to go see that in the theater. I'm not wasting my time with that. Um, So, for me, this one's got to be a um, blah because I know I'll probably end up watching it because it does look interesting. I like the premise of the whole like, ooh, she's delivering twins, and you know, and, and I really do got to find out if that's Jared Leto because I had the same thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and I was like looking at him like I don't see anything in the credits, but like, <laughs> um, but anyways, like I said, it's gonna be a blah.
0: Okay, Spencer, what say you?
1: Um, you know, anybody who's listened to the show for a while, when it comes to horror movies, you know, I mentioned quite often that I tried to channel my inner Rob because I'm not a big horror movie guy, but Rob is. So I try to be forget more forgiving to him. But this one, everything was gray, 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 gray or black. I could barely see what was going on in the trailer. And I, I don't know if there's something about, you know, needing to be Catholic to really catch the existential horror of some of this stuff. But there's some of this stuff that, that I just go, why is this scary? So, but between not being able to see anything and not really understanding the ex- existential crisis of it all, uh, I just have little to no interest in it. So I'm, I'm I, I wanted to be forgiving, like like Rob, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to have to give it a touch brown.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was an interesting deployment. All right. So up next is Paw Patrol, the mighty movie.
1: Uh, Sorry, I I already know what what a couple people are going to read this. Oh, yeah.
0: Welcome. All right. Let me uh, me try and uh, take a deep breath here. When a magical meteor crash lands in Adventure City, it gives the Paw Patrol pups superpowers, transforming them into the mighty pups. For Skye, the smallest member of the team, her new powers are a dream come true, but things take a turn for the worse when the puppy's arch-rival, Humdinger, brings, breaks out of jail and teams up with Veronica Vance, a meteor-obsessed mad scientist who steal the superpowers and turn every, themselves into supervillains. With the fate of Adventure City hanging in the balance, the Mighty Pups have to stop the supervillains. Before it's too late, and Sky will need to learn that even the smallest pup can make the biggest difference. Aww. Oh, I threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> it's stuff like this that makes me glad I never had kids. Just a trailer to movies like this are painful, torturous enough. I couldn't imagine having to sit through an entire movie. As always, the movies with movies like this for those with children. I feel for you, Touch Brown, Tony. <laughs>
5: Oh, I saw this trailer before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a month ago. And unless you have kids and that you love Paw Patrol, I'm not sure who's seeing this, but after today, those who are planning on watching the, the Bears and the Broncos next week may just go see this instead. Um, that's how bad the Broncos were today. I'm going to dog on them. Uh, but you've got to be a fan. And I don't have kids, and I'm not a fan, so woof. <laughs> Pun intended <there>. Pun intended. <laughs>
0: Paw Patrol, pun intended. <laughs> All right, Spencer.
1: You know, I love animated movies. I do. but the, And I love superhero movies. I do. I even love the Zack Snyder ones that, that, you know, most of the other people here in the studio do not like. I can't bring myself to want to watch this. I mean, I, I am thankful that my daughter is has aged out of this demographic, so I don't even have to risk about having to go see this movie. Because it, it seems very, by, by the numbers, and for for little kids, it could be great. Just not for me. So, touch Brown.
0: Okay. Rob, what a you?
3: Well, Paw Patrol is super popular with the kids. I mean, it's... Wow. Um, working in a retail place that sells them? Yes, you yes. hear about it all and, the time. And you have my sympathies <laughs> um, on that one. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's, it's not a movie that I would actually seek out and see. Um, my... But I know that if it'll be on, I'll end up watching it. But it kind of reminds me of, like, they did, like, their own version of Super Pets. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day there used to be those knockoff... Disney cartoons like <laughs> that were like were not quite like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. you know it was like the Lady in White and <laughs> oh, like yeah. the Miniature Children oh yeah those are still you know? around like, but yeah. that's kind of the other way around and man, that's yeah. kind of like what this reminds me of but they're using a major IP so yeah I don't know, but like I said, I'll probably end up watching it because I have Paramount, and it's just one of those things that'll end up on Paramount.
1: Well, and if you do enjoy, if you do enjoy so, uh, substances that are legal in Nevada, I mean, it's a very colorful movie. I mean, you, you you get to enjoy that,
0: and you get to watch some colorful lights. Wow! As long as you don't have a bad trip. Uh, no. So, so what did you give it? So, I'm going to go with a blah. Okay. Wow. Again, you saved the movie from the bottomless pit. All right, Tony. What
5: is next? The Jester. After the recent death of their father, two estranged sisters find themselves being stalked by a malevolent being known as the Jester. Revealing himself to be more than just a man in a mask, the evil entity begins the further torment that inhabits the the small town on Halloween night. The path to defeating the unholy monster lies with the two sisters who realize that the only way to survive is to figure out how to right the wrongs of their dark past. It's not really what I got from the trailer, but okay. <laughs> Looks to be a ripoff terrifier. However, I read in the YouTube comments that this started out as a little horror short on YouTube, and it does have a fan following. Nothing in the trailer really grabbed me other than it seems to be just a nice little throwback to the 80s, 90s slashers and math killers a la Ghostface, Michael Myers, etc. It's not theater-bound, so you're not going to be able to see it in theaters. You can stream it. And it is Halloween season, and you know... There was a part of the trailer where he was just doing this stupid dance over the person. And I don't know what it was, but it made me chuckle. So I'm going (laughs) to give it a blah. Like, it doesn't look good. But I, but I would, it's Halloween season, so I'll blah. I know Jamie Ann ain't watching it with me, but, uh, you know, I'll give it a blah. All right.
0: <laughs> so. Supernatural killer clown. At least he's wearing a safety orange. I don't know why a malevolent being would have such bad fashion sense, nor do I understand why he would walk around in a cheap mask. Why wouldn't he just conjure up whatever face he wanted? Also, while I'm at it, why would he waste his time with these ridiculous party trip parlor tricks that he was doing in the trailer? I have too many questions already and the trailer was only a minute and fifty five seconds long, but it, it is that time of the year and I do like me some horror movies, so I will give it a blah. All right, and I forgot who goes next.
1: Uh Rob this it, time.
0: It <laughs> Rob. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I definitely want to hear Rob's take on this one. Um
3: actually like it reminded me of like an evil doctor facilier. Like as if there's like he went even eviler. <laughs> um <laughs> So I was actually kind of intrigued too by the fact that like he doesn't physically attack them he kind of like magically attacks them he metaphorically attacks them um, like you know like he was like cinched his own tie and that's what like cinched the noose on the guy and you know so it was kind of like intriguing um I'm I kind of interesting to see how Elpsy kills besides um hanging that guy um oh. so to me actually it looks interesting I, I it's going to definitely be a blog because I can't see it anything anything other than that.
0: But. Okay. And when we get back, we'll get Spencer's reaction to The Jester. So far, uh, the creator, deliver me, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, and The Jester have been up. And I'll get to their info when we get back. So don't go anywhere more. Pop culture boom. And Spencer's reaction to The Jester when we get back. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. We are going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So far, we have covered the creator. Rob and Tony both gave it goods. T- Spencer gave it a so so, and I gave it a blah. Deliver, was it us or me? Us. I can't, uh, us. Deliver us, because <laughs> it's twins. Okay. Anyway, uh, Rob gave it a blah, and a Tony Spencer and I gave it Touch Brown's Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Uh, Rob gave it a blah. Very generous this week, Rob. (laughs) And uh, Tony Spencer and I gave it Touch Brown's The Jester. Uh, so far, everybody's given it a blah, except for Spencer, because we haven't heard from him yet. So, Spencer, let me just quickly rehash the uh, synopsis. After the recent death of their father, two estranged sisters find themselves being stalked by a uh being known as The Jester, revealing himself to be more than just a man in a mask. The evil entity begins to further torment the inhabitants of this small town on home. Halloween night, the path to defeating this unholy monster lies with the, uh, with the two sisters who realize that the only way to survive is to figure out how to right the wrongs of their dark past. Spencer, what say you? Yeah,
1: you know, I loved like the horror movies of the 80s. You know, my absolute favorite horror, mo- horror movie series of all time is Nightmare on Elm Street because Freddy, uh, Freddy Krueger is a very charismatic bad guy. You know, you, you love seeing him, uh, you know, how he, how he does, the, does the, the creativity of his kills because of the dreamscape. And, you know, and of course, as it went along, he got punnier and punnier, which, you know, is the highest form to humor, of humor to me. <laughs> but uh, I think we're due, uh, but, the, you know, we haven't really had a good slasher since, uh, like, Ghostface and Scream. You know, so I, I think we are the uh, movie-going audiences do a new slasher, and if this movie is is done right, I think we may have ha- may may have them, because just visually the jester, especially like with the tightening of his tie and the, and everything like that, I think we can uh, we can give give him a, a fair shot at a blah.
0: Okay. Since, yeah. Wow. That's the first time I think uh, all of us given a singular movie blahs.
5: <laughs> all right. Which uh, I, I actually do think that's the first time <laughs> that's happened. At least in a long time, it feels like. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because most of the time, we give like full streaks of touch brown.
0: In, in recent but... memory, that's the first <laughs> blah streak. <All> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get to the four hundred pound gorilla in the room this week, which is soft ten or X or however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm doesn't start off good, though, with the synopsis. John Kramer is back! The most chilling installment of the Saw franchise yet explores the untold chapter of Jigsaw's most personal game. Set between the events of Saw 1 and 2, a sick and deprived John travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle cure. I wonder if he'd... What was that? Remember uh, Kathy Lee Griffith, I think it was? You know, Mexico! (laughs) She'd like do some cruise line or something like that.
3: Oh you're, oh, you're talking about uh, Kathy Lee Gibber.
0: Ka- yeah. Gibber, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If they could see me there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a medical cure, miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most, most vulnerable. Armed with a newfound purpose and a thesaurus, uh, John returns to his work. <laughs> Trying turning the tables on the con artist in his signature visceral way through a series of ingenious and terrifying traps. So isn't is just me or pretty much every Saw movie since Jigsaw died pretty much been a sick prequel? Because he's always in them, but he's dead. So we have another Saw prequel covering punishing the botched diagnosis of John's cancer, but wasn't that already covered in one of the Saw movies already? I can't really say... Though the original Saw movie was creative, it lost a lot with each preceding sequel or prequel, however you want to look at it, with most of the sequels or prequels in this franchise being just prequels to prequels and prequels and prequels. There's no drama to what you'll be watching. The main protagonist will remain because he died in one of the movies and they've been just regurgitating it ever since. And we know this blast from the past, so everyone else in the movie is basically cannon fodder. So there is no emotional connection to a bunch of characters that will or will not may not die, but I can't stand the series because it just keeps being the same thing over and over again. So I'm giving it a touch Brown. Tony. Hey, (laughs) Tony, Tony.
5: Uh, Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I had to mute it because I had an employee talking to me. So I had to mute it real quick. And then let him know, I'm like, here, I'll be right with you. Just give me a sec. Um, So Saw, man, they always find a way to do a new Saw every year, it seems like. Uh, It's not really even clever, because Tobin Bell is back again, as John Kramer. And it looks like his doctor's missed his tumor. Not the tumor. So now he's going to die. But before he dies, the doctor, the nurses, and all the medical stuff must play the game. Torture, blood, gruesome deaths. Sticking Twisted visuals. It's a horror fan's delight. If you like, if you've seen all the other Saw movies and it's and you're into it, then you're going to really love it because um, it's going to be cringy fun this Halloween season. Um, it does look twisted, um, but me personally, I don't do the torture horror. I don't. I do not enjoy it. Don't. Just too much for me. It's not my type of entertainment. I don't knock anybody that does like it. Just not for me. So, I'm um, going to be skipping this one, just like I skip most of the others. So, Touch Brown
0: okay spencer
1: uh rob maybe you can help uh, enlighten me uh the 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 jigsaw killer Mm -hmm. did he die in three or was it two um you know in all honesty
3: i cannot remember because three and four take place simultaneously and no Um, one does
4: so it doesn't matter yeah
1: (laughs) well yeah but the point is he's been (laughs) dead for over half the franchise at least yeah so but,
0: but the it, lo- okay, in almost but, all of the movies.
1: Yeah, but the thing
3: is, is like in, it's they're not actually prequels because he has other people taking yeah. on. But he's in them as
1: flashbacks. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. There's um, different. There. Yeah, I, and thing is, <laughs> and thing is, Jigsaw Killer had. Yeah, you know, I was talking about how the Jester has that opportunity of becoming one of the next big slashers if this movie's done right. Well, Saw had that chance. I mean, like I watched the first one and I thought that was very clever, especially at the end. But then
5: the first one was definitely very clever. Well done.
1: Yeah. And, but, and, but I've never really been into torture porn either, you know, just like Tony, but, um, but, but just like with Jason, the guy just keeps coming back in the, in this case, in the case of protégés, which, Mm -hmm. which is, which isn't an interesting, but you also lose that iconic status when you have protégés. You know, it's like Jason always found a way back, but proteges are not the same as you coming back. And so, you know, the 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 most famous visual for that's all ages from the Saw franchise is the little puppet thing on the bike. It's not Kramer mm-hmm. himself. So because. Uh, because he lacks the iconic status that I'm looking for in my horror, in my slasher horror movies, I, I and I'm, I'm not in the torture porn movies, uh, I'm going to have to give it a touch brown.
0: Oh, okay. Rob, what say you? Um, well, this one
3: actually takes place two weeks after the first one. Um, that's how <laughs> close, like, it is. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I, I, after the first
0: one, <laughs> he went down to Mexico, yeah. got two a weeks diagnosis. Later, well, because like, well, the, he was already diagnosed. The, it, because Carrie exactly. Elwes was his
3: doctor.
1: And from the first one, exactly. Was, was yeah. That... that
3: was the whole thing, is that he what, he didn't get the he didn't get the answers he wanted and that was so he sought other answers. That's where he that's where this storyline comes in. Um the thing with the Saw movies has always been the traps. The traps, the traps. Um and they always get more elaborate um each time, more Death defying, and then in the case of I can't remember which one it was, but when the cop um, took it over, he actually made them inescapable. So <laughs> yeah, that kind um, of broke the rules, yeah, yeah. So it was it was, was that one Spiral. No, it was one? before Spiral. Um, it oh, was okay. yeah, it was when the cop became his protege. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spiral was actually a very good movie, a very good take on changing the genre around a little bit into more of a detective
4: mm-hmm. than
3: a torture porn. Um, okay. So I, I highly suggest, like, if you kind of want to watch it, watch that one because it's not, okay. it's yeah, not we'll so watch, much the uh, torture. I boy. do
1: like Chris Rock when he decides to act. Um, this one,
3: I've, I, I've anticipated. I actually I own all the Saw movies. Um, <laughs> uh, most of them, the last few, I actually didn't even go see in theaters because I knew I'm going to end up owning them. So why <laughs> pay and see them twice? And that's uh-huh. the same thing with this one. Um, I would definitely, if I didn't already know I'm going to buy it and own it, then I would definitely call it a good. Okay, But I know I'm going to own it anyway, so... Wow. I don't know what that is called <laughs> in our
5: movie ratings system. You didn't... You that's probably like a block because you're going to watch it at home.
0: Yeah. Well, he would go see it in a the theater, but he just doesn't. Right. I don't want to pay twice. Yeah. Because so
3: <laughs> he knows he's buying it, which you is about the same. you want to the
5: same, Gruesome so. Death* twice? Uh, yeah. Oh, no,
3: no. I don't, I, I'll don't. i watch it multiple movie? times. Yes. I just don't want to pay twice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, you bookended your movies this week. Are you, the creator, you gave a good, and saw X, you gave a good. Yeah. So, you bookended... I've been... It anticipating really well. both of those okay i can't uh, believe they're at the same week so i'm to i have free movie <laughs> so rundown saw x or 10 or however you want to look at it roman numeral 10 uh the 400 pound girl in the room uh rob gave it a good everybody else gave it a touch brown the jester believe it or not everybody gave it a blah paw patrol the mighty movie uh rob gave it a blah everybody else gave it a touch brown deliver us rob gave it a blah everybody else gave it a touch brown the creator, Tony and Rob gave it a good, Spencer gave it a so-so, and I gave it a blah. So I didn't get above blah, you didn't get below blah. So talk about middle ground there. Weird. And I, I gave one
5: good this week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. So, so Did one.
0: Yeah, the very first one. After that, it was kind of downhill. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, no. It definitely was. Hey, but it was fun watching them, because I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'd watch it. I don't know why I like, tried to do extra dissecting this week. I'm like, oh, <laughs> would I really go see this? All right, so next so being week. being a quote-unquote professional critic, you think I would go see this, just, yeah. uh, just to critique them.
0: Yeah. So next week, October 2nd through October 8th, uh, the movie's coming out that we'll be talking about and watching the trailers for, more than likely, will be The Exorcist Believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've been looking forward to that one Oh while. yeah. Monsters yeah, of California, already. which is. California, the monsters of the real. Uh, actually, it's uh, uh, one of the guys from uh, Blink 182, actually. This is his movie. Yeah. He wrote okay. it and oh, directed like it or something.
4: Huh.
0: Absolutely. Like it would be a cartoon. Yeah. Abhorrence <laughs> is the name of the next one. Abhorrence. Abhorrence. Uh, no, A B E R. R A N C E. And uh, Desperation Road and Vindicta. Vindicta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting assortment. Uh, there's a lot of movies coming out.
1: Yeah, it sounds very horror centric
0: because everybody's trying to avoid the um, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: oh yeah, Can you blame them. Well, the, the yeah, the the, um, the uh, creators of Believer actually moved their date to the sixth. And in their tweet about it, they said, "Look what you made us do." <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh,
3: see, that was good. See,
5: that's, that's funny, right there. That like, is that's funny. funny. But, I mean, hello, I like they to know. Today, shout out to Taylor Swift today for going to the Chiefs game and taking all the attention off my dog poop Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> it That became like the big NFL talk was, oh, my God, Taylor Swift took the Chiefs game. Cool. The Let's forget Chiefs about the game. abomination that happened right before that. <laughs> uh, well, you know
0: what? My Jaguars didn't fare any better. They, better. they lost to
5: Texas.
0: The Texas Texans. Oh, I know, Houston, I put a lot of
5: points on the Jaguars the oh. today, and that didn't – uh, That's okay. Just remember, your team didn't lose by, you know, there wasn't a 70 (laughs) point game put on. That's embarrassing. They weren't blown
1: out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 50 (laughs) points. And and you said that that there hasn't been a 70 point game since like the 70s? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 96.
0: Okay, yeah. 66, Ooh,
5: even longer now, <laughs> Yeah, 66 the Last one was the uh, Washington Redskins uh, Blew out the Giants uh, oh, I, I, I'm points. telling
0: you, season, yeah. Russell Wilson's gone I'm telling you Oh,
5: cring, Cringy's got to go, man 1st vj BJ's got to go I don't know why they brought him back to begin with So we got a
0: couple uh, more minutes, sir um, Have you been able to oops. catch up on uh, any of the Ahsoka stuff at all?
5: I watched for the first time. I watched the first episode of Ahsoka, and it was awesome. So, mm-hmm. oh.
4: um,
5: I I look forward to getting caught up. But am I am I up to where it should be? No, <laughs> but I do know I do know what's going on though, because Twitter kind of spoils all that. Right? right yeah. You yeah.
1: yeah. You have to stay and, away yeah. from social media. And I was a, I was a good yeah. soldier. I actually watched all six mm-hmm. between between this good week and job. this week. awesome. So I am caught up. All, all right. right. And your thoughts? Oh, it's awesome. Okay. I mean, I love the Rebels show. This is a great sequel series oh, to yeah.
0: that. <laughs> uh, so, it also brought up, because I played a Star Wars Galaxies, the game, mm-hmm. and they had the Death Troopers in the game. They, like, took a per- portion oh, really? of uh, Dathmar and turned it, in, turned it into this quarantined area. And if you went into it, you could actually catch the virus that turns you into a... A zombie oh really well, oh cool. yeah it was really cool you could get the armor and yeah. stuff like that by looting yeah. and everything like that so yeah, oh, yeah. and
1: um, enix armor design is really awesome the cheap the captain enix, of the yeah. guard yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, yeah the gold the gold yeah
0: so hopefully we're not spoiling anything for you tony but you get to look forward to uh undead stormtroopers yeah okay
5: is he still there? I don't know. We're getting ready to shut the doors down so, or, like, get out for the right. evening. Yeah. Get, but, uh, no, get out. No, not for See, I, I did watch Rebels, too, so I understand that stuff. And, plus, if you haven't watched it, for the listeners out there, if you go on Screen Crush on YouTube, they do a really good 30-minute uh, uh, breakdown of all the seasons of clones, of, of mm-hmm. excuse me Rebels. To get you ready yeah. for Ahsoka. So if you oh, yeah. watch it, that Ryan Aries guy, he does a good breakdown there.
1: Yeah, and, and that's one so. thing about the writer's room thing, because all eight of these episodes were written by Dave Filoni,
0: alone. Alone? Alone. I did not know that. Yeah, so,
1: yeah and, and Dave Filoni, he was also the guy who created Rebels, so that's why you have a good continuity <laughs> and, a, and a good consistency
5: of quality. I think he just wanted yeah, to finish running. Yeah, they do good with that for sure. <laughs> so,
0: all right. Well, sir, uh, thank you, and uh, you have a good evening. Well,
5: next week I won't be at Costco, so it will be a little less distracted, a little Yay. less muting. So yeah. we'll, we'll be good. Awesome.
0: <laughs> all right, sir. Well, you take care, and well, we will... Are I will. Going, are you going to even be at work next week, or are you off traveling again?
5: No, I'm off. I'm on. No, I <laughs> just happen to be off next Sunday. Ah, I, okay. So, so that's next why. week you
0: won't have to mute the speaker. Okay.
1: Yes,
5: it won't be mute speaker. It won't be... We'll be watching the uh, battle for Caleb Williams, the Bears and the Broncos. <laughs> to be an awful time. <laughs>
0: All right, sir. Well, you take care, and we'll right, talk like to you next week.
4: week. Later.
0: All right. For everybody else, um, this is uh, going to be interesting because up next is going to be our big interview of the evening with Lawrence and Diego uh, Ariarte. 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 A. And uh, we'll be talking to them about Lufia with a vengeance the sequel to the lymphia movie also the Lumfia with a vengeance comic book and what they have coming up in the very near future so there's all kinds of stuff we're going to be talking to them about if you would like to be a part of the conversation unfortunately our phones are going to be tied up so do give us send us a message through the facebook if you would like to ask them any questions uh but they did a big huge thing at uh, of course um the San Diego Diego, Comic-Con. And uh, so it was a huge smash, and they are the next big thing, believe it or not. And it'll be really cool to talk to them, so don't go anywhere. More Puck, Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And Lumpia with a Vengeance records at the San Diego Comic-Con this year in both attendance for the screening of the movie and the Q&A afterwards. And here to talk to us about the future of the deep-fried universe is uh, uh, Lawrence and Diego Iriarte. Am I pronouncing that correctly finally? Yes, sir. I've been going through the whole show pronouncing it wrong, <laughs> which is really dumb. But, hey, well, welcome well, to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio <laughs> Show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, you guys were at the San Diego Comic-Con, uh, yeah. and uh, you guys uh, set records there for attendance because you are were there as an independent film and an independent comic book um, yeah. and set all these records. So congratulations on that. And Thank what, you. Thank you. And you're going to expand this out into the uh, deep. What you're calling the deep fried universe. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, how about a little elaboration on that, sir? Uh,
6: a lot of this happens uh, within our comic book, um, which ex- would uh, expands the movie itself. Uh, we have comic books that uh, connect the first movie, Lumpia, the movie which uh, came out quickly enough, 20 years ago. So this is the 20th anniversary wow. when the original mm-hmm. franchise was launched. The uh, original movie was launched 20 years ago. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And and so we've had a comic book series that um, followed up when we released the movie or prior to our release of Olympia with a Vengeance, which is the sequel. And so uh with the stories that are happening it connects the movie the, both movies together you kind of get fills in the gap because um the movies are connected and um uh, we expand on the characters we expand on the world uh and just the the world of a where a man uses a lupia as a weapon <laughs> yeah <laughs> right
0: <laughs> now i i met you at ericon and i brought it up that uh um, unfortunately, um, I've been eating loomphia wrong when I was younger. Uh, you remember that conversation? Yeah. How do you okay. eat it wrong? The way my mom made it was just not.
1: Yeah, didn't it didn't like involve raisins or something. Yes, it was very. Oh exciting. my god! Oh, <laughs> now you remember. You, okay. had no <laughs> you had no Filipino friends. Huh? No, we did. That's oh. how she got the recipe.
0: Oh, I don't know really? why. I don't know why she decided to add raisins oh. to it. That was beyond me. But you know, you're a kid. You just got to oh. eat what they put in front of you. And it was yeah, kind of nasty. I have with to say that was it. your
3: mom's addition, not from. Yes, those it friends. was. <laughs> yes, I, I said that too. It was. <laughs>
4: Too. So but... that was
3: like my favorite growing up was lumpia. Oh, way <laughs> over egg rolls. I'm serious. Oh, like, oh. yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh.
0: No, when I had authentic Loomfield, yeah, I, that, that was good. When my mom made it, not so much.
4: So.
6: <laughs> you heard the angels sing in the background.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The- yeah, it was like, oh, in the background. You know, this light coming down, shining right on it. It was beautiful. Yep, <laughs> yep. We all have that moment. <laughs> so, interestingly, with the comic book, um, you created a, the issue number one is kind of a, a prelude to the movie yes. Loomfield with the yes. Vengeance. Yeah. And uh, Uh, so, and uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
6: Oh no 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, you're you're right on track.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so then, uh, issue number two was the interlude, and then the third issue was the postlude. Or yes. So, um, but you're expanding off of that. Uh, Gemini number one should be coming out soon, correct?
6: Actually, it's it's been out, but we have uh, we're already on the second. Uh, we released the second issue not too long ago, and um, we're expanding on a very big story that kind of like takes the, the entire um, Deep Bright universe to another, another level, which we hope that will present itself for a third sequel, for a, for a third movie.
0: Oh, Oh, see, I was going to get to that. I was going to ask if there's a a third movie in the works for it. Um, And just out of curiosity, just uh, because it is an action adventure comedy, right?
6: Yes. Absolutely, it's got Danny Trejo in it, so you know. It, didn't you watch it's the trailer? off the hook. <laughs> no, I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you
3: totally got that from the trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: well, yeah, I didn't watch the trailer yet, unfortunately. Sorry, uh, but the but uh, with a vengeance. If you are curious, it is coming out to streaming and VOD. Uh, October 3rd so just in, uh, in about uh, w- about a week or two it'll be yeah, out. just a little over a week so it'll be out yep. if you are curious to and uh, want to know uh, more about Lumfia and Lumfia with a vengeance um, there's also going to be some screenings involved where they're going to be double featured in Daly City and also in Los Angeles if I remember correctly
6: as well as Livermore as yeah. well. oh wow yeah Livermore. Uh, yeah so it's going to be back-to-back screenings uh, the first the first weekend of that release, uh, Is happening in daily, both Daly City and Los Angeles. And then the following week, uh, we're having a double feature in Livermore at the Bankhead Theater. Uh, you'll be able to catch both movies um, at the Bankhead. And uh, it'll start at 5 o'clock. We have a and a as well. Uh, you'll get a chance to meet myself, uh, my son, uh, and, and ask away about the creating of this film. Because he was actually involved since he was 16 years old and um, and grew up enough skills <laughs> and, and whatnot to do the comic book. So he's both involved oh, wow. in the film and the comic book and actually makes a cameo. <laughs> he a, has a cameo appearance in the movie itself. Nice. Mm,
0: fun. <laughs> so, Diego. Yes a uh, quick question for you um growing up in this kind of environment it's not it's something that you know every person gets to experience so how uh, how 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 does it how does it make you feel being able to be a involved with a comic book uh with your father um around a movie that you were a part of and were had a role in
2: you know i i love it it's a total blast i kind of feel like peter parker where i have like a
6: dual life in a sense (laughs) like i I would i'd focus on finals while i was in school and even to this day like i i do this balance of being a professional and still being a student and i love working alongside my dad it's a total blast for collaborating and generating such a a wacky fun
5: concepts for the deep fried universe that's
0: cool. So, you know what I get the impression I get though, from everything that I've seen so far of Lumpia, the comic book, as well as uh, the two movies, even though I didn't watch the trailer, I did see some of it. Um, <laughs> cause it kind of auto played it when I was looking at looking stuff up. Um, I, it reminds me a lot of Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so. yes. <laughs> yep. yep. That was the vibe I got from it. Yes. Yeah. And which a movie I really enjoyed. And I really hope there's a old, oh, uh, like the landlord lady. <laughs> there's a character like that the in this movie. Man. Yeah. So she takes off a flip flop and throws it at people or something, you know? So.
6: If you love that, you, you definitely love the movie because, you know, we, we, we definitely go in that direction of. You know, we, we don't take it too serious, but at the same time, you know, we have a good time, you okay. know, and yeah, yeah. Well, doesn't
1: every culture have that old lady that you just do not mess with?
4: <laughs> yeah. But...
1: <laughs> I'll tell you my fi- aunt
6: That's called your auntie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody has that one aunt in, your, yes. in their family. Yes. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so, so now that you're talking about a, um, th- the possibility of a third movie. Do you know which direction at this moment you might be going in with that?
6: I think I think the hint is you know is the DNA is definitely in the first two movies. You know, I mean it's just the outlandishness of just a guy who uses Lumpia, you know, as a weapon just as much as Batman uses a Batarang. Right. So, you know, if you, <laughs> you can accept that world, you know, a guy who has a utility belt and carries an assortment of array of weaponry in the form of Lumpia, then you definitely can see, say, this is the rules. We just lay down the rules. And then when you meet the other characters and the, the villains in the comic book, that Diego has actually helped create and helped design um, you'll see that uh, you'll see the direction that where we want to go with. Um, particularly, we have a guy named Ube, and uh, obviously he's made he's made or has some sort of relations to the Ube, uh, which is a dessert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yes, that yes. We. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: Well, if you want to add a a really bizarre villain to to the mix, you can probably model it after my mom and have somebody who wants to put bizarre ingredients into the Olympia. Great. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. Raisin.
4: That's the villain. Raisin. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's, the, that's the kryptonite. Everybody. No. No. What
0: are you doing? That is great. I can just see that scene now. Yeah. Just putting like a raisin under. He's like, no. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we, we,
6: we we hope to we hope to up up the ante. You know. If the fans prove to, to with the demand of the film, uh, we hope to accelerate each level. Our director, Patricio Janelsa, who created the first movie and the second movie, you know, he's, he's a comic book fan too. He's a, you know, Transformers lover. And, you know, he, he loves the cartoons and, you know, Saturday mornings and all that. So, you know, we all, the creative team really comes from that nerd universe, and so, you know, get us behind our culture and Filipino, and then, you know, you could imagine where we, we could go and where we plan and, and, and dictate this whole thing with. <laughs>
0: uh, but do you have a lot more in store? Um, I'm looking at the website right now. If anybody else would like to go and check it out, it's lumpiamovie.com, all one word. Yes. And there's yes. all kinds of stuff on there, including upcoming issues and titles. Yes, uh, yes,
6: part of the, the, the major turning story. That's happening in the deep fried universe. We have a big story that's going on, kind of, kind of like our secret wars slash crisis on Infinite earth type of deal. Uh, <laughs> we, we're, we're involving all of our characters, and um, more villains are coming in. Uh, and you'll see they actually have, there's powers, and I don't want to give away, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's just so much cool stuff that we're drawing right now. In fact, I'm, Diego's at his drawing table. I'm at my drawing table, and. Uh, we're doing some action scenes. Literally, in- I'm inking literally as we're wow, talking. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. yeah, it's having a blast. We're having a, a really, really big blast, and looking forward for you guys to check out the action and everything. So when
0: would when 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 can we expect the toy line?
6: But you know what? <laughs> Who says that we haven't been working on it? So I, uh, that's
0: <laughs> why I'm saying. When can
1: we expect it?
6: <laughs> and don't tell us
1: there's an NDA. We hate NDAs. Yeah. <laughs>
6: I, I cannot confirm or deny. That McFarland
0: Toys is, no, I'm
6: kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's a dream right there, McFarland Toys. Todd, we're, we're talking to you, Todd. Lawrence. <laughs> it's me, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy, Columbia. So you Feel have, free to give me a call. <laughs> so it's called
0: Pandecrisis, and it's uh, up, or is it on Kickstarter right now?
6: Yes, uh, part of uh, actually we we are heading off the comic book. It's actually going to be released. Uh, the pandemic Penta- oh, crisis, ha- uh, the first and second parts have already been out. We released that during Comic Con. Uh, that was the big uh, release that we announced and we showed we screened off those issues. Um, they still are available if you want to guys get the limited editions of them and the limited print. And then uh, we're about to release more uh, during the New Year Comic Con that's actually coming up as well uh, in October. So there's a lot. That we're going off on this, um you know we also have a giant size issue number one that's coming out that is like the big big confrontation and whatnot with these characters all coming together, so uh please check it out. I think you know like i said it's a it's a nerdy it's a really nerdy, a lot of fun if you like a lot of uh action, if you like tongue in cheek stuff um I'm, I'm trying to not reveal too much because it's <laughs> yeah. it's always like the hard part. Food, if you like food and, and, and action then I think you'll dig it well, like well, I said I love
1: that it's a deep fried universe.
6: Yes. Kind of. Yes. It's for the fact that, you know, we recognize uh, that, you know, other cultures have fried food and what better way to either start introducing or including other cultures and their foods in the form of maybe a superhero, mm-hmm. maybe a supervillain. Um one of which Diego uh, and I are drawing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I can definitely see like a boss hog type who uses like deep fried Oreos. Wow. Okay.
4: <laughs>
0: now, if you're going to go that direction, you got to have Gordon Ramsay in there somewhere too. You know, he's got to be in there. Either he's probably yeah. be an ally, actually, at Gordon Ramsay. <laughs>
6: you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you guys, you guys are. You know, you're catching on to. You know, what's the possibilities when you open this up to yeah. like. Like what we're calling the deep ride universe. You know?
0: Yes, Rob.
3: I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite part of the trailer was when Danny Trejo uh, was fighting the other guy, and he's like, "I'm the taquito man," and he was like fighting him with yeah. the taquito, <laughs> and he had a lupia. Yeah, it was great. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, okay, this is totally sold me now. Like, <laughs> oh, one, of
6: our, one of our favorite moments shooting that. I mean, Danny was so cool on that. On that shoot, I mean, he was so supportive, and he, he bought into it. I mean, he played the scene when you see it; like he he went for it. I mean, he, he totally went for it to play it off like he was in like he was in heat or you know <laughs> some sort of, sort of high crime drama. And I love the guy, and he's so talented. He's so has such a big presence. Um, really wonderful act, but he brings our movie to life, and I think you guys will love it every time. He comes on the screen. The, the audience was applauding every time that he
0: popped on. <laughs> So you guys took over San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, I have a lot of questions about upcoming issues of comic books and everything else. And I got more questions about comic books, um, possibly uh, and uh, maybe even if you might have an animated series on the horizon. But I got to be able to do that uh, after this break because we only got like nine seconds until we have to take a hard break. Can you guys come back and, uh, right after on the other end of this break?
6: Absolutely. We'll be, we'll be here.
0: Alright, so everybody don't go anywhere There's more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show With Lawrence and Diego Ariarte uh, They yep. are from Lymphia the movie Lymphia with a Vengeance is coming out the October 3rd And streaming and video on demand So you definitely want to go and check that out And we'll be talking more about the comic books Like why do they have 13 variants Of <laughs> the issue number one What are you, Di- Dynamite? <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> Entertainment There are 13 var- 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 variant covers Holy moly. Independent, yeah. Yeah, for an independent, that's insane. But we'll be getting into all of that when we get back, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in, a pop, in pop culture entertainment. Lumfio with a Vengeance is currently in the midst of a remarkable film festival circuit run. After making its world premiere at the 40th edition of the Hawaii International Film Festival, the film was named winner... Of the Hawaii international Film Festival 's coveted Audience Award for Best Narrative film, go- film goers have certainly responded. The film has sold out screenings at film festivals from Hawaii to New York at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. And they had an exclusive panel discussion and screening as part of San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition, where it completely sold out to a packed crowd, where they had to turn away hundreds of fans at the door. So very, very impressive stuff. If you want to go and check it out, Lumpfio with a Vengeance is, like I said, going to be out on streaming and video on demand October 3rd. So you want to go and check it out on your streaming service and or video on demand sites. And uh, you want to go and check it out if you want to catch a really good and very award-winning action comedy. Um, so with Lumpfio for a Vengeance uh, doing well and the comic books out, uh, I made mention of that 13 <laughs> Uh, uh, you know variant, variant covers um that that is a bank busting thirteen cover variant covers um issue number two was just on par with that it would they had like you had like ten cover variants yes. for that one
6: yeah yes yes yeah exactly why so many cover <laughs> variants <laughs> well it you know it, it, the the pride of it is that um we invite a lot of uh Filipino artist um who wanted to represent you know we have Bobby Rubio from Pixar who did the Oscar award winning uh film short uh Float and uh we have DC artist um uh, Sokovia actually do do a cover we had as well as Will spartasio of the X-Men so it was the opportunity to show a independent film in the light of of the fans of like in, in the so-called mainstream comic book world, as well as the animation world, and to show the different uh, variety of looks that the comic book could have. As you know, people have different tastes mm-hmm. and, you know, different styles appeal to us. Some people like anime, some people like the, you know, dark, dark, gloomy stuff, and other people like the anime stuff, and other folks like mm-hmm. traditional comic books. And and a lot of this, we pay a lot of tribute to covers and artists and moments in comic books that... Um, that mean something to us, um, ranging from even a tribute to album covers. Uh, there's a Prince album cover that we did because I'm from that generation, uh, from Purple Rain. Um, there's uh, Frank Miller's uh, Daredevil tribute. There is the Amazing Spider-Man uh, from Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, Fantastic Four number one. So, if you could actually collect them just for the sake of their their notoriety of relating to. Again, the major parts in the comic book world of uh, fan base moments, as well as uh, comic book, you know, big comic book moments. And we also do um, limited releases with where the movie was shown in screen as well as the festivals that we do specific covers for that place. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why. And again, it's just to expose the book as well as the the world of the deep-fried universe to people to see that this is possible. You know, this this whole storytelling is very much possible. Um, Diego has a few covers, and, you know, I'm proud to say that they're very, very, very good. And, folks, if you get a chance, please pick them up. Uh, My son is about to make his debut in the upcoming year on other titles as well as uh, in the animation world.
0: All right. And uh, so what is next for the Deep Fried Universe? I mean, uh, I, I brought up that um, possibly a animated series might be in the works, but, you know, NDAs, I don't know about that. So um, <laughs> I, is uh, that a possibility?
6: Uh, everything is a possibility because I, I, I 100% believe in this property. Um, I I was actually not part of the original film. I actually got on to be the producer of the second film, and I was a fan. When one of my students told me the film was coming to the school, I was at a professor at, at the time, and I, I came in there with, like, oh, what is this, you know, a uh, movie about Lumpia. And when I walked in, I was sold right away. It hit, it hit my, my nerd nerve, <laughs> and I was just so sold, and I, I kept on wishing, why didn't I meet these guys when I was younger? and I wish I could have been in their play box, you know, and, you know in the sandbox playing around with them. And lo and behold, by coincidence and chance, I got a chance to uh, be reintroduced and work with them on music on several music videos and projects and ultimately, I was given the chance on the ten years ago during the tenth anniversary of the of the film and when they asked if I wanted to produce the sequel i was I was all in completely Excellent. all in
0: so what are the new titles coming out that from um is it Kid Heroes Productions is the name of your company?
6: Kid Heroes Productions is the name of the company that has been part of the Lupia uh, franchise for the, its beginning. And uh, they are releasing other titles of of uh, the Lupia line, uh, Lupia Squad, the legendary Lupia Squad, the Gemini line, uh, as well as um, we have a little bit more to, to, to come and then we'll see how the demand is. <laughs> so it's... Uh,
0: well, there's one There's one upcoming one um, that uh, sounds really interesting. And I'm kind of curious, is it going to be part of the deep-fried universe? Because I'd actually like to see these guys in a movie, too. as The Ones and Twos, a Filipino-American mobile DJ comic book.
6: Yes. Well, it's, it has its origins with the creator, uh, who is in part and has documented and has many folks in the the DJ world uh, coming from Daly City. And it, it follows a storyline that originates from the people who were part of the original film, some of which have are, are part of the music industry or part of the DJ background and all those tied to it. So it is an interesting story, and how that's going to be released is yet to be revealed. Um, but it is from the original creators who created uh, Lumpia with a Vengeance, as well as Lumpia the movie, mm-hmm. Patricio Genelsa?
0: And if you want to go and check it all out, go to lumpiamovie.com. Um, they have everything up there, how you can buy the movie now, the trailer, the screenings, uh, about, and the news, press, comic books, all of the comic books, and more Lumpia. Hmm. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> but no recipes,
0: no recipes at all. But Not you, can, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get the soundtrack, um, and the, as well as the original movie. Now, if a third movie does go into production, now that the uh, looks like the uh, WGA strike, it might be coming to an end. But the seg after strike is still ongoing. As far as you know, who knows how long afterwards? Because if I remember correctly, even though even if the strike ends with the WGA, um, when they say it's going to, you know, the strike is over. It's still three days after the agreement is uh, ratified that it actually they're still on strike for. So, um, Correct. Correct. if it was to go into any kind of production, um, wh- what time frame are you looking at? And um, a little bit more aside to that, is there going to be a way for somebody to cl- get on board, so to speak, as far as you know, production-wise?
6: So. It all, it all lies in as far as, like, the demand of the film, uh, depending on how well we do. Uh, we put, did put it out there and made the announcement that if the, if the fans want it, we're going to go into production. Uh, I've seen and seen work, artwork. I've, I know part of what storylines are that we would like to explore. Um, so it's in there, and it's all going to be about, like, how what our response is going to be as far as like the, the fans who've actually carried us through for 20 years, um, if, there, if this continues to be very well, then this, as soon as the proper fundage for what we want to do happens, uh, we'll make that announcement. And people can actually just stay in touch with us on com because um, this is a community film. I'm, you know, I'm not too sure if you realize that, but this film originates from the community putting it together uh, that's how we crowd, We crowdfunded the sequel, we crowdfunded the comic books, which is why it's so amazing that this is a completely crowdfunded production. And so if we get that, and we get that response, and we get that request like we, we had, which launched off the second film. The third film will go into play. Um, I want it to happen as soon as possible. Um, I cannot tell you how soon, but as soon as it happens, you'll be the first to know, but as well as the announcement will happen very, very quickly because we want to support the fans. We want to answer to them because folks requested it to be in the film, in the theater. Folks requested it to be online, and we answered both of those calls. And um, we want to want to continue to do that.
0: Now, this is going to be kind of a long, kind of like the, uh, you know, you, when you're driving on the freeway, you're taking the direct route, but when you take a taxi, he always takes the scenic route. This is the one of the taxi route questions. Um, just recently, uh, you actually directed some episodes of the audio drama Murphy's Inc. Yes. And yes, yes. Was that your first uh, experience with um, doing any kind of um, directing?
6: Uh, not at all. Not at all. I've actually direct I was prior to being a professor, uh, I worked in the film industry for close to 25 years now. yeah, 25 years. Um, I've worked both com- commercially, I worked for music videos, and uh, so I've directed. and, and I've also directed a, a live a live audio production as well. Um, in the style of the old-fashioned 1950s, 40s-type radio shows, um, doing mainstream uh, – I, I, I think I could reveal this – mainstream comic book work, and we performed it live. Um, so as far as like directing has gone, I've been doing it for quite some time. It was just nice to do it with property that I'm excited about, you know, I'm not a total nerd. And I have to say, anytime it has to do with science fiction and comic book stuff or anything comic book type related and material, I'm down for it. So that's why it's been a pleasure. But also, it's opened the door for uh, Diego and myself to actually be working uh, behind the scenes of that radio show that we're actually, uh, Diego's now helping and actually one of the main artists to do a comic book adaptation of um, Murphy's Inc. Awesome. Oh, nice. So, very cool. So Murphy's
0: yeah. Inc. is on tonight after the Pop Culture Boom Radio oh. Show on KNVC 95.1 FM. Um, so it'll be episode number five. So you directed one through four. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, five and on are on par with the last four episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's a very tal- Very talented group, I have to say. Very, very talented. They made the you know, if anything, the collaboration is very, very easy. Um, you know, the entire production has been really a treat for us. Um, and every one of those performers have just been an amazing talent. I, I can't say enough about that. But again, like, like I said, Diego and I are, are excited because of combining their talent with uh, our collaboration, Diego's talent as an artist, and to see my, uh, the two of us actually getting a chance to animate those, those, some of those familiar voices and bring them to life. That's so really
0: cool. so with directing of um, that you've done in the past and the directing of the audio drama Murphy's Inc., um, the first four episodes of it uh, for the new season two that is currently um, airing, so does that open up the possibility to if uh, Lumfio... V- movie number three comes about would you be taking the director's chair?
6: Uh, I will not because definitely I I believe this is Patricio Janelsa's vision he, he is the 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 DNA of this of this franchise of, of Lumpia, falls in, falls in Pat and the friends that he grew up with. Um, in the neighborhood of Daly City, which is incredible because there are a bunch of like 16, 17-year-old kids who came together over a course of summers making that original film. And uh, you could see the friendships and the stories that derive on it. And these characters actually are are from their imagination or from that world, which is just incredible. Um, I definitely am there to support as a producer to make sure that he pushes himself. He allows himself to open his mind to go, Go for broke. You know, if you want to go in that direction, you know, let's see how far we could push this and let's see how far we can go. And as a comical person, I'm always go big or go nothing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, as far as like doing anything directing, I'm open to the fact of doing it again, um, in another form. But you know, if, if it's on the table, it's on the table. You know, I, I love the property so much. It's, it's fun. It's, it it has a special place in my heart. And, um, like I said, my son and I are doing a lot of artwork and, you know, it's just the, the type of world that, that we uh, we thrive in.
0: And so just uh, because we are getting short on time here, we only got like a minute and a half left. Do you guys have any appearances coming up in the very near future?
6: Uh, Diego, perhaps you could fill this in? Uh, yeah, we do have a show coming up in San Francisco during November. And then we plan on going to WonderCon later on in the future okay and and, and, and we also have uh, october 8th uh where we will appear at the bankhead theater uh, at the filipino barrio Fest uh festival um uh on sunday we'll be right in front of the theater that we will be doing the following day a the double feature on monday as well so we'll be appearing at we have a booth You'll be able to check out Diego's work, my work, together, uh, both as singular artists and both as a collaborative artist, and the work that's in the comic book.
0: And for all of our Northern Nevada listeners, you guys were going to be appearing at the first ever Carson City Pop Culture and Comic Book Convention KaboomCon in September 7th of next year.
6: Yes, 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 yay. So everybody
0: who in northern Nevada who's listening right now, uh, mark your calendars because you guys are going to be special guests at the uh, Kaboom Con. So everybody can meet you guys, check out the comic books, check out the movie and everything.
1: And if you can get a piece of art from them. I, I got from Ericon I got a couple of great pieces of art from them. So there you go. Oh, thank you.
6: Thank so. <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right, sir. We are out of time. I do appreciate you uh, coming on and talking everything about the deep fried universe. If you'd like to go and check it out, it is LoomphiaMovie at dot com, all one word. And uh don't forget lumpia with a vengeance will be on streaming and video on demand October third. And go and check the uh dot com website for their appearances and gentlemen, I do appreciate you being on the show. It was an honor and a privilege and I look forward to talking to you again in the very near future.
6: Thank you so much for having
0: us. All right. Thank you. And everybody else, uh, we still got a very little bit of a show left. We'll be back with more with that right after this. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Wizards of the Coast is in the mood for some charity again, and the main M A N E uh, six of My Little Pony are returning to Magic: The Gathering for the Galloping Two. Oh, you This is the second team up that Wizards of the Coast have done with Extra Life in support of the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals and the Seattle Children's uh, Autism Center. The Pony Cards are available on the Secret Lair website for a limited time. The card pack features four of the main six, again with the M-A-N-E, Rainbow Dash, Pinkie Pie, Applejack, and Fluttershy. Hmm. One, two, three. That's only four.
1: Oh, yeah. It says only four of the main six.
0: Oh. So so Twilight Sparkle is MIA. See, it has to do with My Little Pony, so I'm not really particularly paying attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Rounding out the characters featured in the first pack, Twilight Sparkle Rarity and Nightmare Moon, otherwise known as Princess Luna. You can pre-order Ponies the Galloping Two from Secret Lair at secretlair.wizards.com. They're available in a standard pack and a special foil pack. And remember, again, it is for a limited time only, and it is for the Children's Miracle Network and Seattle Children's Autism Center. So good causes, at least. Exactly. So, a new game in Bethesda, and ID Software's first-person shooter series, Doom, seems to have leaked prior to an official announcement. Back in 2016, ID Software rebooted Doom with a new installment that was simply called, well, Doom. This new take on the long-running franchise proved to be a big hit, which led to 2020's Doom Eternal. Much like the 2016 installment, Doom Eternal was incredibly well-received and was later followed, and was later followed, a pair of add-ons titled The Ancient Gods. Since that time, it hasn't been known what the future of Doom might have in store, but now we may have our answer. Spotted amidst a major leak from Microsoft, a new Doom game titled Doom Year Zero seems to have been unveiled. Hmm. Year Zero was mentioned on a release schedule alongside a variety of other games from Bethesda and Xbox, That included the likes of Dishonor 3, Ghostwire Tokyo 2, and remasters of Fallout 3 and the Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion. Oh. As for the manner in which these, this leak came about in the first place, this documentation has gone public in the wake of Microsoft's previous court case with the F. I don't
1: know what that means. Federal Trade Commission.
0: Uh, given that this information has come about via a leak, there are no official details to go off with Doom Year Zero just yet. That being said, the name of the game implies that this entry may end up being a prequel in the larger Doom series, given that Doom Eternal actually featured a ton of lore and backstory that connected the older Doom titles to their to this modern run of games. It's possible that year zero could explore more of this area between entries. This is just my own best guess though uh, so don't get this uh, take this as complete truth just yet
1: so. Yeah, because the title is of subject to change, I'm sure.
0: <clears throat> oh, of course. Um, but if it's been in between the old games and the new games, it wouldn't be year zero, now would it?
4: <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. So,
0: okay.
1: So, that's why the title's probably bound to change.
0: Now, mm-hmm. this is the way I play Scrabble. Put your rhyming skills and Seuss knowledge to the test while reliving your favorite childhood stories. Based on Dr. Seuss's classic children's book collection, which has sold over 700 million copies globally. Scrabble Dr. Seuss Edition. Nice. Will enable fans to put their memories of Seussville and the wacky words that come with it to the ultimate test. Oh my gosh. Nice. See, now you can make up words and you can go, it's a Seuss word. They'd
3: have to include like a Seussical dictionary. Something. Because, yeah, there's too many like nonsensical words that you could throw out there and say, yeah, that's totally in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a Seuss
0: word. Come on. Green eggs and uh, eyeballs or whatever it's called. (laughs) Under license by leading toy and game company Hasbro and played by traditional Scrabble rules, players of all ages and vocabularies will come together to share their admiration of Dr. Seuss's timeless algorithmic rhymes. Dr. Seuss readers, big and small, will strategically play regular words alongside nonsensical ones directly from their favorite Dr. Seuss books to score the most points. The Op has released its brand new tabletop title and will have you playing the game you've known for years, but in a slightly different way. The game comes with a set of Dr. Seuss cards that you pull out and have to use in order to make moves, as well as some bonus cards that add a little bit more trickery to the game. You can still play it in the traditional way and simply own a custom version of Scrabble. But what is the fun in that?
1: Yeah, but, you know, if they do pay the reporters by the word on this, they really missed uh, an opportunity of putting some examples. Oh, no doubt. Yeah.
0: They did. They definitely did. So it's been a long, strange trip for Netflix's upcoming reality competition series, Squid Game, The Challenge, based on director, writer, and executive producer Hong Dong-Hua's global phenomenon, Uh the... How can You can't actually kill people like they can in Squid Game. I know, it's kind of sad. <laughs> the 10-episode competition series first began casting contestants in summer 2022, but it wasn't long into filming when some real-life drama raced its ugly head. At the end of January, a report claimed that contestants faced freezing cold temperatures with reports of frostbite and medical issues during the UK filming of the Red Light-Green Light game, a competition that requires long stretches of time where contestants remain motionless. No, don't. <laughs> I mean, you only got like 10 episodes. You got to film that stuff kind of quick. I mean, and it's red light, green light, you know, unless some thing was malfunctioning and wouldn't turn its head, you know, that I can't see why that game would take that long.
3: The game, it the, the original one was almost a whole like hour. Five minutes. No, it was longer than that. Really? Yeah. I
4: thought they had like yep, a five yep.
0: minute timer or something like that. They had to get across. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, yeah,
1: but even even then, it would still, you know, an hour of filming is not that terrible. No.
0: (laughs) But it is filmed in the UK, where it is freezing temperatures and rain. As being somebody
3: who's been on film sets and stuff, there's times where... There's a lot of downtime where you're just standing there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> and that's probably why those people did get frostbite <laughs> or whatever. Not
0: necessarily they
1: were oh, waiting. Because, because they weren't allowed to move off their spots Correct. to over continuity. Yes.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. For their part, the streamer and producers Studio Lambart and The Garden denied the reports in a statement saying that, while it was very cold on set, the participants were prepared for that. I thought it was supposed to be enclosed in, a, like, a room anyway. So, uh, I mean, couldn't they just do that? No, no the first not game, that we, one for it, yeah. was outside. Yeah, That well, one was, was outside. It, no, it, but it just had very tall walls. Uh, uh-huh. oh, okay, gotcha. Never mind then. And, well, it also had clear skies, too. <clears throat> with Doctor Who angels? What? Red Light, like Green Light with Doctor Who angels. Uh,
1: the Weeping Angels. Um, uh, yeah. The concept of the Weeping Angels is that... Uh, they only they they can't move if you're looking at them. The second you look away, they can come after you.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, where was I? Uh, on so whoever wrote t- this
1: was a nerd who was using a nerd analogy. Well,
0: it was very cold <laughs> on set. The participants were prepared for that. Any claims of serious injury are untrue. The statement continued, we care deeply about the health and safety of our casting crew and invested in, and you would have done it in the U.S. and not the U.K., but anyway, invested in all the appropriate safety procedures. Now we're getting a chance to preview the results with a look at preview images and a teaser for the competition series. It is set to premiere at no on November 22nd on Netflix. Are you going to watch it? Oh, yeah. Probably not. Me neither. I'll, I'll... if you tell me it's good, I'll, I'll watch it.
3: I mean,
1: I I, I liked, loved
3: the first one. I thought it was great. Well,
0: I loved Squid Game up until,
1: like, the last episode. And I just didn't like how it ended. Yeah. But then this is a real-life version, so, you know, there's no... Not, I'm not saying, like, I'm disappointed people aren't actually
0: getting killed or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> Thanks for the snuff series,
1: but... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like... It's basically just yet another, another competition show. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and Yeah. And they're just... Trying to cash in off the Squid Game name, yeah. I don't think I Until season two is done, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: uh, one of the highline, one of the headlines coming out of the merger between the WWE and Endeavors UFC, now TKO Group was regarding the WWE's top two television shows. Would Fox continue to be the home on Friday night SmackDown? Would USA Network continue to be the home of Monday Night Raw? Would a streaming service enter the picture, possibly Peacock stepping up its game or a player no one saw coming? Well the television future of Smackdown was answered this today this week with the WWE and NBC Universal agreeing to a five-year deal domestic media rights deal that will see will see Smackdown move to USA Network beginning in October of 2024. with the WWE set to produce four NBC primetime specials per year. An important note, the news does not include Monday Night Raw, which is set to run on USA Network through September of 2024. With a number of potential suitors in play, on the U.S. streaming side of things, the WWE has an exclusive deal with Peacock that runs through 2026. So. Mm -hmm. There's some interesting information about the WWE and the near future. I remember it being on USA
4: to begin with. (laughs) It's kind
0: of like going back to its roots. (laughs) Oh, and here's one for Rob. One of the most divisive films of the year is finally making its way to the world of streaming. (laughs) The movie in question is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's going to be on Peacock.
0: (laughs) With the rights of Winnie the Pooh now in the public domain, a film was created that turned the beloved children's character into a terrifying horror villain. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey imagines the Yellow Bear as a ruthless killer stalking real people in a ultra-low-budget film. There has been a lot of conversation about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey this year, especially since a sequel to the film is already on the way. For those curious about it, despite its negative reviews, you'll finally have a chance to watch it for free in just over a week's time. Blood and Honey is making its way to Peacock on Thursday. Okay. Peacock revealed the full lineup of movies and TV shows making their way to its streaming roster over the course of October. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is on that list, set to make its streaming debut on October 1st. Justin, that's October 1st is Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. What are they talking about? Thursday. <clears throat> Uh, just in time for Halloween, not well. Actually, way in time for Halloween. That's at the end of the month, not the beginning of it. But anyway, uh, not now. Quite a, not now. Quite a few horror fans will finally get the chance to see what all the fuss is about.
1: Me included. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even if the movie is utter crap, I'm still. I'm my daughter said it was. My daughter it. said it was pretty good,
0: but pretty campy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> at, at, a, at this level of a budget, it must be. But. Oh, yeah, it um, could be worth it.
0: I mean, did you see the uh horror trailer for Goldilocks?
3: No, I have not seen that oh, one. Yeah,
0: that's that's uh, I'll have to take a look. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Blood and Honey was bad? Oof. Wait till you see that one. So, that it makes it. I don't know what the deal is with the mask uh, that they have, um, for it, her in. Uh, who is it? Goldilocks. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Goldilocks and Three Bears War movie. It's very, very interesting. Paramount Pictures has shifted some release dates, which has proven that they continue to have a lot of faith in theatrical releases, despite Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 not doing as well as everyone thought or hoped it would. But that is a story for another time. Also, uh, there's a looks at a uh, um, Cloudy with Meatballs 3 planned title. Oh, yes.
1: I thought we a chance hear that.
0: Okay. And uh, McFarlane said, oh, the script for Spawn the movie was almost ready <laughs> 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 until a strike. Okay, Todd. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it after all of these years. But well,
1: Todd's been very good at stalling yeah. for years. I mean, you know. Yeah.
0: Thank you for it's tuning fun. in tonight, no matter where you are listening. We genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guests. Christy Shin, check out Horror Tour Studios at linktree backslash Horror Tour Studios, where you'll find links to all of Christy Shin's works, social media accounts, and appearance schedule. Also, a big thank you to Lawrence and Diego Ariarte. Lumfio with a Vengeance is available on streaming and VOD this Tuesday, October 3rd. For all things Deep Fried Universe, check out Kid Hero Productions at their website. With all guests on the Pop Culture Boom radio show, Pop Culture Boom follows or likes them on the Facebook, so as they post news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom news feed. Next week, Sunday, October 1st, scary season is now officially underway, and what better way to kick it off on the Pop Culture Boom radio show than with two great guests. The Dark Corner Haunted House has begun its run at the National Bowling Stadium in Reno, Nevada. And we will be speaking with Dark Corner Haunted House co-owner Holly Sparr. We'll be talking with Holly Sparr about everything you need to know With what's new, what to expect, and when you can get your socks scared off at the Dark Corner Haunted House. (laughs) It only runs for 13 days, by the way. We'll also be speaking with the film industry's most prolific horror director, Dustin Ferguson. We'll be talking with Dustin Ferguson about his latest film, the remake of Spider-Baby, or The Maddest Story Ever Told. And Dustin Ferguson's free horror convention, the third annual Cropsey's CreepyCon Dustin Ferguson will tell you who will you will meet and what you can do and what you can expect at the third annual Cropsey's CreepyCon. Did I mention Cropsey's CreepyCon is free to the general public. Two great conversations you will want to be a part of. Thank you for your support and continue supporting Pop Culture Boom by listening to the Pop Culture Boom radio show. And if you missed any part of the live show, the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. And not only get this episode, please, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that will be coming up as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Boom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and follow to the Pop Culture Boom on the Facebook. For everything you want, everything you need in Pop Culture Entertainment Daily and subscribe to the Pop Culture Boom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we will have and will be attending. On behalf of our guest Tony Sanfilippo for, of Filippo's Hor- Horrible Reviews, KNBC 95.1 FM, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you for your support. Have a great week, and we will talk to you with you again right here, live next Sunday, 6 to 9, anytime during this week on Facebook. And until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, wabbits.